1: All right, let's go, Notre Dame fans. Welcome back to the first ever edition of what is a new feature at Irish Breakdown, which is our Wednesday night in the film room recruiting session. This is going to be a regular thing every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. We're going to dive into the film room every Wednesday on a different topic, and we figure what better way to do kick this off with our first few shows being about Notre Dame's 2023 Commits. And so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to kind of keep it positional. The first, this one is going to be about the Notre Dame front seven, because that right now is the shining star of what is so far a great start to the 2023 recruiting class from Notre Dame. And then next week we will do the secondary. We'll look at the secondary, and we've got obviously cornerback Justin Rett, Peyton Bowen, and Adon Schuler. And then the week after we'll talk Notre Dame's offensive class, which right now is just two guys. Maybe in a couple weeks they'll have some people – Uh, In the class. I'm not saying, I'm not, it's not a hint. I'm just saying, hey, you know, there's a lot going on between now and then. Maybe it'll happen. But I'm, and then after that, we'll, we'll do individual players. We'll do big, we'll break down like big boards. We're going to do all types of stuff. And it's going to be all about analysis. So if you are a recruiting junkie and you're someone who likes diving in the film room, then this is going to be the show for you. And this is a place where technique, we do believe technique matters. We are going to dive into the film room and have a lot of fun talking about it. So, I'm obviously joined by... See, I, I didn't even do intros. I'm Brian Driscoll, <laughs> the publisher. This is Ryan Roberts, our director of recruiting, because I'm just so fired up to get to this. And so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to dive in. I do want to apologize in advance if I cough in your ear tonight. Uh, and I the reason we didn't have a show this afternoon is I had a doctor's appointment. I have an upper respiratory virus that makes me cough uncontrollably. I finally got some medication for it. My wife's got me some hot tea. I got a cold drink over here to try to get me through it. So I... Hey, Rule number 76, no excuses, play like a champion. So I'm here ready to do it, but if I uh if if I have to pause or something, I I apologize in advance. So with that being said, Ryan, let's dive right in. Notre Dame's front seven. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if you could have I don't know if you could have designed a better start to no. the front seven class than what Notre Dame has done with Keon Keeley, Brennan Vernon and Drake Bowen.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that the real key now is that with what Marcus Freeman and the assumed next defensive coordinator are going to want to do is you're going to put run a lot of multiple fronts, which for me is a great indicator for what Keeley and Vernon could be because you're going to see on this film, especially for Vernon, He's working out of a three-man front a ton. You're going to see Keon Keeley work out of a four-man. You're going to see both of them standing up at times. You're going to see him down in three-point stances. They give you the ability to be very flexible in the defensive line, which I think also gives you the ability for the rest of the recruiting when we're talking about interior defensive linemen and maybe some of these flex guys who can play a little inside and out to maybe gamble a little bit, to get a little, a little, a little out of the ordinary, right? Like we're not looking mm-hmm. for the what's the traditional defensive tackles. We're, we can get creative with how this fronts mm-hmm. can potentially be. We're, we're going to work out from three all the way out to a five tech in certain situations. We're going to work out, you know, I, 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 I don't, again, I don't want to jump too much into Brandon Vernon, but we're going to see him in a four, in a, in mm-hmm. a four. We're going to see him in a four. eye mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of different things, and I, I think that the building blocks are essential because we have two guys. That And I keep talking about the Brennan Vernon dive a little bit in the rankings, mm-hmm. right? Brennan Vernon is as good a football player as he was when he was a five-star mm-hmm. recruit, rated <laughs> anyway. And Keon Keeley is as much of a bona fide five-star as you could possibly get. So getting mm-hmm. those dudes up front, I think, gives you so much scheme versatility, gives you so much alignment versatility, just gives you endless possibilities for mm-hmm. whoever the next defensive coordinator is.
3: With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen so you can spend it on other resolutions with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes and low-prep, easy cleanup options, provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh is the perfect solution for a family like mine. With five kids and virtually no free time in the calendar, HelloFresh brings us fresh ingredients, easy recipes, all in one convenient package. It even allows for the long-sought-after family time that we love. HelloFresh is something that the whole family loves to prepare and enjoys eating. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Irish16 and use code Irish16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Irish16 and use code Irish16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Remember, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Support for
1: Irish Breakdown is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools, and Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code irish20star at manscaped.com. The performance package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and oh man it's a game changer. I got my hands on one of these and I was impressed. Inside this package you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which I love by the way, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance boxer brief, which are incredibly comfortable, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And look, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer's waterproof, you can say goodbye to the annoying mess on the bathroom floor after a shave. You can take your grooming game even further. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and, nose and ear hair trimmer, which has become increasingly more in need as I get older. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. And trust me when I say this, fellas, your important parts will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts of their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself and go to Manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Irish20STAR. And get 20% off your free shipping with the code Irish20 Star at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping, folks, at manscaped.com using the code Irish20star. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And and I think you hit on the, the what you hit on at the beginning is important. You, to play defensive line and linebacker in this defense, you can't be a I line up here guy right unless the exception being if you can play nose because there's i mean a nose is either going to be a nose a shade or a one right i mean you're going to be in that a gap somewhere right they weren't lining up kurt heinish on the edge and having them rush against offensive tackles but for the most part if you're going to play d tackle if you're going to play big end viper whatever you got to mm-hmm. have some versatility you got to be able to drop into coverage if you're a viper i mean we're seeing that in the nfl now where ends are dropping into coverage you know i've uh, you know, people get upset about Foskey dropping into coverage, and I've said, look, one of the biggest plays that that Von Miller ever made in his mm-hmm. career was dropping into coverage in the AFC Championship game in 2015, and picking off Tom Brady. Right? Like, yeah. maybe the volume we may disagree with, you know, with the, with Coach sure. Freeman, but you need to be able to have that ability, and and so you need to have guys that can can line up in multiple places. And I think the other thing that we're gonna we're gonna talk about with this group is. You know, Brennan, Vernon may be strong run pass. Keon may be pass run, but they both can do both. Sure. And the same thing with Drake Bowen. You know, the potential to be really good all around players is really important. You know, Keon Keeley to me, we'll get into it, but like he's not just a pass rusher. Right. Right. He can do other things. And I think that's something that they're looking at saying, hey, you got to be able to do it all to, to play in this defense. And, and, and kudos to Marcus Freeman and, and, and Mike Elston for getting on Keon Keely early because he was not this five star guy. That everybody views him now. We thought he had five-star upside when they got him, but as a sophomore, he was still, you know, raw, but you could see the, the tools, and no name got on him early. And then, of course, he has a, a breakout year this year. And so uh, it's a very talented group. I mean, it's a tremendous start to this class. They complement each other perfectly, you know, and that's the other thing, too. Is Brennan, as you said, Ryan, big end can play five mm-hmm. technique, can play nine the way that we saw with Adi Tagumba Ogandiji and Khalid Kareem and you know, he can also line up in like a four-eye. He can line up. And, he, and and honestly, I see his future being down the road when they get into their nickel packages of him being in a three technique. Yep, and and good luck with a guard trying to, you know, defend Brennan Vernon if he's the player we think he can be. And so okay. I, I love the the, the way that the Keon Keeley is more of a viper you know, that I think down the road could, could play with another Viper. Cause you've mentioned this and we'll get into it more when you talk about him, but you know, that frame, he's not going to be a 235 pound guy for very long. No. Right. And so I love that positional flexibility. You know I mean? Drake Bowen can play Rover. He can play Mike. He can play Will. I think no. you could stand him up. I mean, you could put, I mean, if I'm like thinking down the road,
4: you know, Mass I'm thinking bar. of a
1: perfect scenario of a four down front in 2025 yeah. or 2026, Of Keon Keeley at end, Drake Bowen at end, Jason Moore at the nose, and Brennan Vernon at the three technique, or vice versa, and just saying, "Hey, good luck blocking that!" Right? Sure. And and you know, so that's the thing is they. It's it's one thing to just be great players, but the key to truly having a great recruiting class is can your players play together? Mm -hmm. Can they do they fit the system that you are implementing? And those are the things that we're going to dive into here. Uh, as, as we talk about each player, Ryan. So, yep. I again, I don't know if Notre Dame could have gotten off to a better start with this trio. I really don't.
2: And I would say that I have a piece coming out soon that's going to talk about how the defensive line potentially could fit together moving forward. But I think another layer that you even started talking about a little bit is Notre Dame made it an emphasis over the first two years now, going into a second year under Marcus Freeman, as on the coaching staff, of getting longer on the second level. Why is that important? Because we are going to see a lot more uh, packages where I think that we're going to see exchanging of gaps. And I know we'll probably talk about that at some point. But we're going to talk about defensive linemen lining up in specific techniques just all over the place. We're going to talk about, like you said, Brandon Vernon might be a guy that's going to play three tech in passing situations eventually. We're going to see guys twist. We're going to see guys Create movement up front because I think that more that we get the Jalen Sneed's, the Josh Burnhams, the Drake Bowens, the Drake Bowens, although different body types, all have something working for them, whether it is length or incredible closing speed or a mixture of both. Those guys will be used as blitzers. So being able to have these guys lining up up front that can do so many different things from so many different techniques, I think gives you just so much more of a possibility of of your pressure packages. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch if they finish up the way we think they can.
1: Yeah, and, and that's going to make your job, you're going to be very busy between now and next December. There, There's no question about that. So, Ryan, let's dive into it. Let's get into it, right? Let's let's begin, and we're going to begin, we're going to go basically alphabetical order, all right? Sure. And we're going to go D-line to, to linebacker first. So we're going to start off with the D-line, and let's start off with Keon Keeley.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, he is a kid that has just skyrocketed up the rankings. You can see his rankings there on that list over there. know, on three sports obviously has him as a four of as a five star, the number four player in the country. Two, four, seven has him at number twenty five rivals at number twenty seven ESPN at number thirty four. If it's possible, I would argue that on three of those four rankings, he's underrated.
2: Agreed.
1: I I just don't see ten football players in in, in the class of 2023 that are better than Keon Keeley. I I think you can make a case that there's there's maybe not five. I mean, he is that special. And again, there's there's a couple things working for him. Number one, tools. We'll dive into the film. We're going to talk about his strengths as a player, but the tools are there. He's got the frame. The projection is there. And he's been money in big games. He's produced. So it's not just, oh, he's toolsy, but he doesn't know how to play. Kid right. had 16 and a half sacks this year. He he embarrassed Arch Manning on national TV. You know, I mean, th- this kid, Ryan, really has all the tools. And, and you don't often see Notre Dame get a kid ranked that high. At defensive line or really anywhere especially one from Florida and I don't think that part should go undiscussed in this breakdown is the fact that you got a five star from Florida that's gonna help you when you try to recruit those other kids from Florida and we're gonna have a piece on this Brian Smith has talked about this Notre Dame is hitting Florida hard yeah Marcus Freeman's already been down here twice in the last three weeks you know he's he was he was in Miami. He was in uh, South Florida today. He's mm-hmm. been to see Keon already. Chad Bowden and Marcus Freeman have both already been to Florida to see Jalen to see Jalen Brown. They're hitting the state hard. Chancey Stuckey was down in to Florida today. Yep. Having two commits from the state already, one being a five star, the other one being a big name guy in Cedric Irvin Jr. is not going to hurt Notre Dame's future recruiting. And I think that's something that we talk about from a recruiting standpoint. The first thing you talk about Keon Keeley is just the reputation alone is going to help Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint.
2: Oh, for sure. And there's multiple, uh, multiple things I want to hit on real quick is the fact of when it's funny, I felt like you were reading my mind for a second, because I was literally looking at this and saying, how can you have him outside of the top 10? And that is not- Is, is something... that
1: sucking up for your, we're going to disagree on a lot of things comment uh, the other day? Is that no. making up for that? Okay.
2: Uh <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt that says, I disagree with Brian. Okay. <laughs> we're going to make that work. That's going to be a brand. But seriously, no man. IB
1: logos associated with that shirt. <laughs> <whatsoever>.
2: <laughs> Copyright infringement. Um, but yeah, I honestly, man, like I, I can't believe, I, I mean, because again, people are going to come to this channel that aren't, you know, on the message board and aren't, don't know that we're not, you know, we're not, I mean, of course we're fans to a degree, but like, there's not a bias here, right? Mm-hmm. Like this kid, the first time I saw him, and you know that I'm pretty harsh when I do evaluations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really can get – I feel yeah. like I'm hard, harder on NFL draft Notre Dame prospects than most people are. But, like, I texted you when I said, like, this kid's a first-round pick if mm-hmm. he's developed correctly. Like, it's just outstanding the type of talent that he has. So I, I just I, – I don't understand the rankings. I would love to honestly just to sit down with the 247, mm-hmm. uh, you know, person making a decision or rivals or ESPN and just kind of understand why they made the decision. Not necessarily to argue. Like, I just honestly want to understand it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to your second point, getting into Florida is paramount, right? Like we always talk about this team needs to get faster at certain positions. They need to get more athletic, Mm -hmm. not much more speed than than going down to Florida. You know, like you think about the Floridas, the Texas, the Californias, like those are the states that you think about when you think about producing college talent, producing NFL talent, producing speed. Getting down to Florida, I think is paramount. And having a guy like Keon Keely, we talked about last show about how Dante Moore can kind of be a – you know, a transcendent player in the, in the way that of a recruiter for the class, they land him Keon Keeley's the same way. If they can hold on to him and he's a five star and he's this caliber player, who doesn't want to come play with Keon Keely, right. honestly, especially when you're coming all the way from Florida, all the way up North to South Bend. Like I think that's paramount to where they are right now, as far as how they're targeting, how they're recruiting, and just the point of emphasis on getting down to Florida. I think it's, yeah. it's, I don't think you can you honestly can't quantify it in my opinion to how important it is. It is a great start
1: to see. $20 says if Keon Keeley decommitted the next time they have rankings come out, he'd be a top 10 guy. Number one. Number no, one. There's no Easy. question he's in the top 10 at that point in time. So props to on three for putting him up there even as a committed player. So you know, like Ryan, let's let's kind of dive into what we like about Keon Keeley. And we kind of kept it to five things we like about each of these guys. We could have expanded this list much deeper with Keon. Mm -hmm. But I think the first thing you'll notice, and we're going to get into the film here in a second, uh, exceptional length, Mm -hmm. great frame. And you've talked about it with, I don't know if you said it publicly, but you and I have talked about it. Like this kid's going to be, he's not going to be 230, 235 for very long. Uh, 260,
2: 265 in like two, a couple years. Like I don't even think it's going to take until he graduates, whether that is it, whatever, whether he leaves after his third season or whether he makes it to the fourth year like this i don't think there's any reality where this kid by his sophomore campaign or at least that you know the the summer going into his junior that this kid is 260 265 like mm-hmm. this frame is clean there is not an ounce of bad fat on right. there and he i mean vines for arms vines right. everything is long and broad so shoulders weight.
1: too that's a yes. real important thing cuz those yep. narrow shoulder guys are the ones that tend to have a a problem putting on the weight keon Right. Keon has broad shoulders. You look, he's got big hands. He's got big mm-hmm. feet. Yeah you, can see, yep. yeah. you can see the lower body is going to, like his core is going to add 10 to 15 pounds in the, Absolutely. in the abdominal area to the thigh area when he gets into a college strength program. The other thing too about a kid like him, mm-hmm. that he is already 235, six, six kids tend to kind of have that fill out period later though because their bodies gr- are still growing so much. So as you're growing up, you don't often grow out unless you're just a naturally huge kid, right? Like a Blake Fisher, for example. Mm-hmm. So by the time he's a freshman, you're going to see. I mean, I won't be shocked if he's close to 250 by the time he's a freshman in college. I, I really oh. won't be shocked. And and he here's, a, here's an important thing. He comes from a really good program with mm-hmm. a veteran coach that knows what he's doing. Yeah. And that means he's not going to put a bunch of bad weight on them. It's not going to be a bunch of, you know, oh, we got to get you to 250, you know. And <laughs> this is why Coach Dom's put so many guys into college, because people know you're going to get good, well-coached, fundamentally sound players that know what they're doing from Berkeley prep. and And that's an yeah. important thing, too, because a lot of times, Ryan, you see these kids that come from programs that aren't run well. There's a lot of things you got to get off of them, bad weight, sure. bad technique. What Keon's going to come yeah. here well-coached and well prepared and 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 the foundation's going to be strong cuz Keon is his is you know we'll we'll dive into the to to the film and we'll kind of talk about some of things he improved improve upon but this is a kid that made a big jump fundamentally which I think helps too. No, number two, he's an explosive athlete. Yep. His burst on the edge is outstanding. I mean, he 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 flies off the ball. I mean, when when he keeps his pads low and and is. The effort is there. I mean, he explodes off the edge more than you expect from a guy that's 6'6". I mean, he he flies off the edge, in my opinion.
2: And, and when you have both of those, and we'll talk about why more it's important to have both the length and the explosiveness when we hit the film. But I mean, the, the, basically the, the short of it is that you're playing in increased space, right? So you need mm-hmm. to be able to cover a lot of ground. And w- some guys can win with length. Some guys can win with just being an explosive athlete. But when you have both, That's when we're talking about rare, in my opinion, because you now can win in multiple ways. How do I know that Keon Keely can improve and get better with his nuance as a pass rusher that we'll talk about, the hand usage and all that good stuff? It's because he has the tools to do it, right? Like he's not going to be a guy that is just a one-trick pony speed guy that once he is countered at the top of the arc, he's going to kind of have to understand how to do an inside counter. This kid can win with length and athleticism around the track, and that's when a guy is almost impossible to stop in a one-on-one situation. This is a kid where like – Look, we're going to leave a tight end in. We're going to chip with the right. back. Like this is what this kid could be in my opinion.
1: I'm not saying Keon is this because I don't think it's fair to compare a high school junior to a future Hall of Famer. Right. So I'm not making a direct comparison. He's that. But mm-hmm. I'm making this example in that what makes guys like Von Miller so rare is you don't see a lot of guys with the speed to power ratio no. that a Von has. Where not only he's an explosive athlete, but he's powerful, sure. and I think that's the thing that often gets overlooked when looking at Keon Keeley. And that's kind of go down to point four. You know, you talk about the instincts, that that feel on the edge, the ability to bend. He just has a natural feel on the edge, but the combination of length, explosiveness, speed, and and his speed is twofold, and it's, it's important for a pass rusher. Yeah. The burst is important. The close is even more important. Absolutely, in my opinion, especially when you're playing better teams, right? It, it may not matter when you're playing nine of the teams on the schedule, but you want to beat Ohio State, you want to beat Clemson, you want to beat Bama, you want to beat Georgia, you've got to have both. He has both. But yeah. the fact that his long arms are so powerful, mm-hmm. like just the hand strength, he's got really heavy hands. That, to me, is the thing that truly makes Keon, makes him makes him a not a top 25 guy but a top five guy is that combination right there, Ryan. Yeah.
2: Now, and and we'll talk about, we'll talk about setting an edge and why obviously the hand strength is important. And I I think that again, when we're talking about this type of athlete and you were talking about, you know, his just closing speed. This is the kind of kid, like usually for me, like you would try to option this kid, right? Like you would try to read this kid and just try to make him, you know, kind of guess and then make him guess wrong. Right. But for this kid, Quarterback keeps and maybe he's not even in the best position. He can redirect and Mm -hmm. he can close in a hurry. So he can really honestly make the read wrong, which Mm -hmm. is even though it's technically not wrong, which I think is game changing. It's and Mm -hmm. then the hand strength combined with that length when he was able to establish and continue to develop his frame. Then we're talking about him to be able to lock out at the point of attack, which is going to allow him to get off of more blocks just with his ability to Mm -hmm. read and then make, you know, stack and shed, which obviously you hear more for a linebacker, but it's obviously very important also setting an edge.
1: If you're going to be a great run defender, you need to do that. And that's what we were talking about earlier, Ryan, is he's not Mm -hmm. just a pass rusher. Right. Right. And, and, and he's got potential to be a really good run defender. And it's that it's that right there. And then finally, the fifth one was just the ability to the production. Right. And this mm-hmm. one said he's not just some raw kid. Thirty five tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks last year. It's pretty good. That 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 doesn't bad. suck. That doesn't suck. He's pretty good. Yep. So let's get into the film, Ryan. Let's let's get into the film room here and it. kind of talk about what we like about Keon Keely. I think the first thing you're going to see right there, I'm going to, I'm going to make this, uh, I'm going to put this on the whole thing so y'all don't need to see us. We can we can focus on Keon there. The first thing there is, look at that. I mean, that's just, like I said, broad shoulders, big feet. Look how big his feet are. I mean, the reason I point to the feet is when a kid has big feet and big hands, that tells me he's got another, a, an, an outward growth spurt coming, right? Not a vertical growth spurt, but an outward growth spurt when a kid's already 6'6". He's going to keep filling out. You can see he's not skinny. Right. That's yeah. the thing. He's he looks skinny on from far away film. Like when, when we'll get into some film here, I'll kind of pull up this first clip when you get up to and you see him sort of uh, on film like right now. Right. Like mm-hmm. he can look skinny from far away.
2: Sure.
1: But the reason I wanted to make sure those picks, those pictures got seen is because you see up close, he's not a skinny kid. No. He's just so long and tall that it makes him look skinnier. And that's why we have the confidence that he's going to be a two. He's not going to be Julian Aquari. He's not going to struggle to get up to two forty, right? He's there now almost, uh, but he's got the frame, and 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 of course the athleticism is is the part we love the most. So you'll see him. He's number eighty eight. I mean, there's this the you know little power move here. I mean, come on.
2: And that that's where hand strength comes in, obviously, right there with the nice little. Nice little um, jab right into the center of the chest, but this is why the speed and the the range that I talked mm-hmm. about is so important. Because this offensive tackle, look at him. The offensive tackle already overset or turned his shoulders yeah. towards the sideline. He is terrified yeah. of Keon running right past him, yep. and then Keon decides, like, "Hey, I'm just going to put my I'm going to yep. put my arm right down the middle of your chest, yep. and I'm just going to convert speed to power, and I'm going to destroy your quarterback."
1: And that's not a small o- high school offensive lineman there. It's either. not, no. and he has no chance of getting his hands on Keon here. None nope. because nope. of the length and that power that he has there. And if you watch a kid play in a game, he plays with a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Like he talks, and I mean that in a good way. Like you see that right there. Like he's a kid that plays with a lot of fire, uh, finishes at the quarterback very well. What you're going to see on these first couple of clips too, and, and we like to point out, you know, areas where kids got to improve. His, his pad level I think is inconsistent. Right. I think you'll also see his get off can be a little bit inconsistent. You know, he doesn't always just explode off, which is you know, young kids tend to be that way. Mm-hmm. But when he comes off with just when his if his pad level improves, which I think it will, it's a technical thing that can be improved, and as his consistency improves because that's what happens when you're as gifted as he is. You know, it's like we said about Deion Colsey. You know, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. You know, you you go up against Blake Fisher the first you know week of fall you know spring ball and in 2023, and you're like, oh okay, <laughs> I didn't play anybody like this in high school. Nah. And then you say, okay, I, I got to bring it another level. And, and that's the thing that excites me about Keon is he, there's just another level for him, but you can see that. You can see the, there again, I think he plays a little high.
4: You yep. can
1: see him come off. He plays high here, but he, and this is one of those ones where the, 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 the speed isn't there on the get off, but watch when he turns it on, right? Look at that, keep that guy off his length, that shed right there. That's that block destruction. Ryan was talking about earlier, just yep. uses his hands slaps that kid's hands away, then you see that closing speed. Because, like, look at the burst, like, when he gets around the edge, Ryan. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really come off with great speed. He's kind of reading the tackle, kind of seeing what he's going to do. And then when he turns that gear on, like, bam, it's like he comes around. The way he comes around to the edge, Ryan, you'd think he came off the line like a million miles Mm -hmm. an hour.
2: Well, well one thing that uh, people always talk about Brian that I actually like to use for defensive ends sometimes is they talk about for def- uh, for defensive backs transitional quickness mm-hmm. so that's obviously out of their out of their pedal traditionally this is transitional quickness for me because how Keon wins here like you said not a great get off but he's able to gain extension up the mm-hmm. track and then once he is able to just create a little bit of space you see that speed that he's able to just maintain around the outside track which is I mean, that honestly, like you'll see a lot of guys get up to that third step up the arc and try to turn, and their ankles mm-hmm. and hips are just a little tight, so they can't right. really flatten and run. It this is hard. Flatten.
1: Yeah. It is hard to gain speed while engaged.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and, and it's so like we've talked a lot about his explosiveness. What, what I like about this is on the first three plays of his highlight film, and you see it on film too, he's using power moves.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: On, on really his first three pass rushes. I mean, he's using straight power moves now. Again, this doesn't work against Blake Fisher, right? Right, right. <laughs> my point, however, is you see the I mean, he's in a stance and his fingers are below his knees. Like, look, look, look at that! Like,
2: it's not a good stance, and that, that, that also does work to, a little bit to your point about like, hey, his pad level's bad, right? right. But like, that's not a good two point stance to begin with. And then once we start working more out of a three point stance, then obviously that'll remedy that a little bit. But I'm
1: glad he's in this this type of two point stance because it allows me as an evaluator to see how long he is. And that was my point about his fingers being below his knees. Like he's in a pretty much an upright stance and his fingers are below his knees. That is long. And you can see the other thing too is here. He's not on the ball. Nope. he is Like he's (laughs) off the ball a little bit. Like, you know, his foot is on the bat is on the butt of the interior off defensive lineman. You can see the length here. This, this guy down here is, is a little bit, he's at a different place here and he still mm-hmm. he still gets off like this. I mean, this this kid and you see the length there again. Once he locks his arms out, let me see if I can stop it at the right time. Once he locks his arms out, that tackle's hands are no longer on Keon. Mm-hmm. They're they're just cuz he's not long enough. That you know, cuz when I think it's a good time to kind of talk about this, Ryan, when we talk about length, that's why it's important for a defensive lineman to have length, but it's also why got offensive linemen with shorter arms have a tougher time in the NFL, like Liam Eikenberg, why some people didn't think he could play tackle, is because of this. If this guy's got 35-inch arms and you got 33-inch arms, when you both lock out, somebody's losing that battle. Right. And and that's the – you know, that, that's the aspect of it. But that length is just really impressive. And, and he, he is violent. That's he the thing to- I like about him. He's a violent football player. Yep. And I love that. Like, he arrives at the quarterback with force. He has bad intentions on the football field. And I mean that in a complimentary way. He's not trying to hurt anybody or it just means He's trying to, he's trying to punish people. This is that bend that, that around the edge, yeah, he leans into that guy just yep. kind of gets around the edge.
2: And you, you can just see, you could just see the, the ankle, just watch the angle of the ankles here. Once he able is able to turn here and then run, they, that's just not natural for a six six guy. Usually, mm-hmm. six six guys can struggle with that ability. Like you keep you cut bringing up Von Miller, who's a six three guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's more a natural thing for a guy of that height. But for a six six guy, sometimes it's hard for that ankle uh, flexion. But he has it, and again, once he's able to use that length and the, to corner and run, you can see just how flexible he is. Like you, you're not. He's not breaking his momentum. If anything, he's gaining speed, which again is just. It's it's honestly kind of absurd for a guy, his his length and his size. That's yep, the same thing. You that, see that two-point stance? You can see the length just off the snap of the ball. That's attack. It gets right into his chest. You'll hear a lot of guys when when they're talking talk about the long arm, right? One arm is longer than two. There he's going to stab, and he's going to get that arm right in the middle of that chest. And once he's able with those, I don't know what his arm length is, obviously, but with the length that he has, like the ability for him to lock out offensive tackles, just can't recover against a guy this fast. And with this much length and he
1: forces a fumble, which never hurts, never hurts the cause. I think he's got, I think he show he flashes quick hands. I don't think he shows it all the time. And that's Mm -hmm. another one of those things I look at and say, uh, you look at it and say, hey, listen, I think that's an area where, oh, I love this double move. I think that's an area where once his technique improves, you're going to see him even be more disruptive on the edge because he doesn't really use his hands, uh, this, the quickness of his hands, the no. way that I think he should. Th- this double move, this this change of direction right here is impressive. Yeah that quick outside jab, and he just – that guy has no chance.
2: I I would love to see the sequence in this game too because Mm -hmm. I imagine number 70, the left tackle for the opposing team. I imagine that Keon was probably killing him with a little Mm -hmm. speed outside for multiple reps Mm -hmm. before this, and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, here comes the inside counter. There we are, buddy. Mm -hmm. And I I definitely agree with you. Like once we get – him to a more nuanced perspective of hand usage when we're talking about multiple counters and not just a mm-hmm. long arm, not just yeah. an inside, an inside rip. Like we're talking about now, like, Oh he got beat, He got stopped. Now he's able to use his hand quickness and get hands off and then hit another move. That's when we're talking about this kid being unstoppable because then we're the, right. the inside counters will always be there. The ability to, you know, hit the ghost move, hit the stab, hit the club rip. Like there's a lot of different possibilities for him as a pass rusher.
1: Now these next set of clips this is against this is against uh Bishop uh Newman Isidore, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the name of the high school. This is against Arch Manning. Now I want you to notice something. His get off in this game was mm-hmm. a little different. And that's actually something that I love. Now I would like to say hey, I'd like for you to always have that get off. That he'll learn that, right? Mm-hmm. But what I love is this was on national TV. This is the brightest lights he's ever played in front of and he dominated. And that tells me something because not every kid does that, especially in high school. You see these kids get on national TV and they kind of don't really shine because they've never really been on that kind of stage. Right. What I love about Keon is this was the biggest game of the year from a spotlight standpoint. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely destroyed this. I mean, he was the best player on the football field that day and it wasn't close. Yep, it was not close.
2: And it, it, it it's never a great idea on that last play to not block Keon Keeley. I just want to yes. put that
1: out there. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> Obviously, they're they're bringing they're bringing a little bit of pressure, so you know we have to make an adjustment of blocking. And then he's. A
1: free By the way, runner. this is something I would. This is what I kind of talked about this year. I would like to see them do more of this with Isaiah Foskey. Part of yeah. the reason they don't block him and against high school, all, you know, college kids are going to make better checks, but they switched him to the other side of the line and just brought him to snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to get more blown assignments when you do things like that. And this is one of those times where I say, you know, look, he's kind of playing an off the ball linebacker position, and he kind of comes up and comes off the edge, and you know, there you go. Duke, Duke used to do that um, with Chris Rumpf a couple years ago, yeah. right? Like they're they're yeah. good
2: they're good defensive end. They would literally stand him up over a, or they would stand him up dead in the middle of the field, and they would just bring him for multiple gaps, and they would just keep you guessing.
1: I like this play because he's he's not coming off the ball slow. He's reading. He yes. has the quarterback from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. And when you watch this play, because the linebacker's crashing. So my guess is, is that, that this guy has dive, dive. and Keon's yeah. got quarterback to running back, right? That's normally how you keep that backside contained. So he's sure. not coming off slow here. He's reading. Mm-hmm. But once he realizes the running back's got the ball, watch him redirect and just explode to the running back.
2: This is what we're talking about with the closing mm-hmm. speed here. The the just the ability for him to just explode. And and we saw that one play, we didn't really highlight it, but there was another play on the backside, which it, it wasn't a read. I think it was just a traditional, like it may have just been like an outside zone, and he mm-hmm. came back from the backside. And it's just again mm-hmm. for 6'6 and a guy that could be 265, he's going to be able to carry that 265 and not lose any of this athleticism. I think that's another thing that we didn't really, you know, point out is the mm-hmm. fact of like. Some guys can can gain that weight, and then other guys gain weight, but they sacrifice athleticism. Mm-hmm. With this type of frame, I don't think that – like, again, 260, 265, easy without sacrificing mm-hmm. any of his any of any his explosiveness or his closing speed.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, this is something I like, Ryan. Okay, let me, let me explain what I mean by like. This is not a good spin move, right, because he's a junior in high school and he's still learning that. But I love the fact he's working on counter moves. Because mm-hmm. it's gonna get better as he gets older. and and of course, once he gets into college and you know Al Washington starts coaching him up, those kind of things. Obviously, these things will improve, but he has a natural he 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 can spin naturally. It's not tight, right? right yep. the The technique and all that will improve. But I just love the fact that he's trying to use counter moves because what mm-hmm. can happen with kids like this is, and this is kind of goes to your point earlier when he had that double that inside move, he mm-hmm. clearly knows you're trying to get out. look like this is the kid that you talked about <laughs> that first clip. This yep. kid's just like, okay, I can't block this guy. I got to fly outside. Watch
2: his chest. Yep, for, for yeah. the people watching, watch his chest. The offensive tackle's chest is literally even with the sideline. You never yeah. want that.
1: Keon's setting this kid up. He knows this is coming, and that's why he kind of comes off with the angle that he does, and then, boom, hits him with the spin move. So he set this kid up for this move. That's that natural feel that we talked about earlier. The kid's a smart football player, too. He's mm-hmm. not just a freaky athlete that God blessed him with with these great physical tools, God also blessed him with a good mind, very yeah. good student, but also a really smart football player. And you can see it in his attempts to run counter moves. Now, again, the technical aspects of those moves have to get better. Sure. But, and this is an example of people ask about like, you know, do you have any bad plays? If you know what you're looking for, you can see negatives and things, air improvement in the good plays for sure. And this is one of those examples this is pad level that against a Blake Fisher or a, or a, you know, this is a tight end against a, a Michael Mayer gets you knocked down. Right. Yeah. He's his base isn't strong. He's got to improve that. But what we can highlight is the athleticism, sure, you know, and just the mode of the plays with, but this is where I say, Ryan, the pad level, I think the consistency with the get off, those kind of things are areas where he's going to need to continue to work, which is kind of what I'm excited about. Cause he's, he's far from being a finished product this is against arch again yep
2: and and i love that play too brian because i I think that he's the previous one yeah the previous one i think that he's going to figure that out quick too because i mean honestly if i'm if i'm on if i'm on the notre dame offensive side in practice and i see that he's playing this high i'm pulling guards coming right at him you know and we're gonna Mm -hmm. we're gonna baptize him a little bit Mm -hmm. you know for for the lack of a better term and I think that that's when he'll start to really kind of reiterate to himself like I need to play a better pad mm-hmm. level or this is going to be a yeah. it's going to be a continued uh, problem obviously.
1: What I like about him too Ryan is he made a bunch of improvements from sophomore to junior year. Sure. And so he he he's clearly working on his game. I mean, y- yep. you don't make the tech like these double moves, you know, the the hand play, these things don't happen just because you're, you know, gifted. These yep. are things that that say this kid's being coached and this kid's working on his craft, mm-hmm. and that's what separates the the great five star athletes from the guys that play like five stars when they get to college. This sure. short this this is what we talk about explosiveness. He takes two steps and just drills this kid. <laughs> yep, like he's coming off, he's reading, and then bam, just drills him. Love creates this a kid
2: lot, creates a lot of power and some. Oh with man, space I love too. this
1: kid's film. Yeah. <laughs> This kid just like, nope. This running back's like, no, nah, not happening. Oh, I quit. Oh, I see right. Keon. It's over. <laughs> oh, man. He just has a thirst for the ball. And that's yep. something I think great pass rushers to me have that. It's not just about athleticism. It's not just about technique. You've got to have a hunger for it. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what I love about Keon. Like, this kid – and you can just see the excitement he has when he makes those kind of plays. Like, he just – that's what he loves to do. This is another play. This is not a bad get-off, right? Because no. the 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 he's got he's got basically backside. He's got bootleg, he's got cutback, you know. So he's he's shown patience, but then he can just take two steps and just arrive at the ball with some force. And obviously, this play, there's
2: a bad snap, so it messes up mm-hmm. timing a little bit, but you're not blocking this defensive end on the backside because he's right. not supposed to make this right. play.
1: Right. That's another play. I mean, this isn't really a highlight, but I like the patience here, right? Because yep. he's clearly backside. He's playing quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing. Okay, he's got and he's got. I like the angle here. You can really see it from this from this clip. See how he kind of takes like an upfield. He's kind of aiming towards the outside, of the quarterback. That's good because if the if you your goal here is you don't want to go too wide where the quarterback can just step inside of you. But mm-hmm. you have to take at least somewhat of a wide angle to where if the quarterback's going to get around you, he has to bow, because he has to right. bow, he's done, right? right. What you can't do is come too narrow where he just takes one step back, works ladder, and then he's got he's got the corner. So I, I do. I, this is again, this is a sound football play. This is this isn't an impressive play. This isn't like oh, no. look at the five star athleticism. This is just a smart, sound football play to me. I, I, he, I do like the little stuff.
2: I like the side eye from the quarterback, though. He saw Keon. He's like, oh,
1: like, man. Nope. Oh, um, man, yeah, man yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> Keon's coming. <laughs> Nobody blocked him again. I'm out of <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. This is against Arch Manning again.
2: All right. That's, that's where length comes in again, right? Yep. We're going to get our hands in the passing game. And I think there's there's the positives and negatives to that one, too, is like there's obviously like no plan there. Right. Like he's just going right into the middle of this guy's chest. He's kind of reading like he doesn't really Mm -hmm. know what he's doing, per se, at least on this play. I don't know if it was just like he he expected a run or whatever it was. That's kind of
1: what I was thinking, right? Because if you look, the whole D line kind of does that. Yeah. Like, the whole D-line just kind of like reading. Like, maybe they were getting hit with some quick game a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of when I – and I'd have to go back and watch the game again because this was mm-hmm. on ESPN. But, like, the whole a, line is – is, but even then, you don't want to go right down the middle of a guy mm-hmm. in that instance because a, a, a Blake Fisher, when you go to jump like that, is putting his hands right through your chest. Right. But, I mean, he didn't even bat this down. He picks it off.
2: Well, if you're if you're the tight end coach, aren't you saying like I think he can play both sides of the ball? Like, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, coach, over. look at his
1: hands. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mayor's gone. You know, we can throw him a couple, <laughs> throw him a couple goal. Hey, and if that's what it takes to kind of convince him to come to another name, then do what you got to hey, do, man. man.
2: Hey, they used to throw Julius Peppers the goal line phase go. once in a while. So.
1: Oh my God, Julius Peppers was a freak.
2: Yes, he was.
1: This is again. You see the length. You see the power. You see the feel for block destruction. I think the block destruction issues he has for me, Ryan, are technical ones. And yes. again, it's it's him being a junior in high school, not a junior in college, right? Like right. he's pretty good for a junior in high school, but it's just about projecting him to Notre Dame. But he understands the need for block to, to be a good block destructor, you know what I mean, and right. you can see it here. He's using his hands. He doesn't always use his hand correctly, but he's trying to use his hands. And right. guys like that are easy to easy to get going because they have a baseline. I mean, again, comes from a really good high school program. He comes from a program where he he's being taught the un, he understands. Hey, you got to use your hands well,
2: right? And he's again. And he's- he has powerful hands and he can gain extension. But I right. think the thing that he really lacks right now, like on that last one, you you saw, you know, his hands are a little wide, right? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really understand like getting inside position, get into that chest plate. Everything's just kind mm-hmm. of all over the place, but he has the raw tools to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, patience here. I love the patience here. He's got to read the play out and then bam. close. I mean, that kind of closing is like that's the kind of freaky stuff you say, you know, what does Notre Dame lack as a football team? They don't have enough guys like this that can just do things. Because, like, to beat Bama, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm selling to him if I'm Notre Dame. Hey, do you want to go to Bama and be, like, the ninth title team or do you want to come here and be a legend? Right. You know, that's the difference. Because don't go join Bama. Come to here and help us beat Bama. Because Mm -hmm. these are the things that you just can't teach. And you need more guys like this. You know, Foskey is kind of this guy to a degree. But Keon, to me, is even more explosive than Isaiah is and right. to have a guy that can kind of have this sort of where he can gi- legitimately play the quarterback and the running back you have no answers for that at this point in time like there's nothing you can do as a defense except hey we're going to have to block him and then that kind of messes up your read stuff
2: and and it, i know everyone is really excited uh, including you about some of the coaching hires we've made right mm-hmm. that, or that Notre Dame has made mm-hmm. so for Notre Dame to make these hires if they are what we what we think that from the outside media perspective they can be Getting a guy like this who is literally right. a ball of clay, I, I mean, right. he's not he's not a raw player per se. There is obviously some things that he needs to improve on. There's some things that he already does well. But to have good teachers now being yeah. responsible for molding this kid, I think is it's it's enticing. It is exciting to say the least. He's the
1: perfect kind of five star prospect for me in that he's got the he's got the tools. He's got a lot of areas where he needs to be coached, but he also comes from the kind of program where he's going to have a, a, a good foundation of what to do. You don't have to teach him how to get into a stance. You just clean up right. a stance. You mm-hmm. don't have to teach him, hey, you got to use your hands. You just got to help him nuance it. Hey, you don't, you know, you, you need a second move. You can't just speed rush all the time. He knows that. You just have to teach him how to do it better. And, right. I, and, I, and that, that to me, because that's the kind of kid that can come in and make a place of, oh my, this is this, this power.
2: <laughs> again not against a small kid either not against a small right. kid off the tackle solid size there
1: yeah th- this kid thinks he's going to use his hands and it's like nope sorry uh. somebody forgot to cover the uh fullback though
2: <laughs> yes they did
1: but this is just i mean this kid has no chance Um uh,
2: that's uh, man, I, I love how he leads with his
1: hands though like his face does not touch this running back he he's got his hands on him now again is there some technical things i could you know, talk about here. Sure. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing that's going to help Keon Keeley in a big way. And we haven't discussed yet. He's going to be going against Harry. He stand coached offensive lineman every day. Right. Uh, there's not going to be better lineman. He's going to play on Saturdays than the kid he's going to face every day in practice. That's right. going to make him such a better player. In my yep. opinion,
2: Blake Fisher and Joe Aldis juniors. Yes. Right. It's going to yes. be, it's, it's going to be, it, again, baptism by fire. You're going to be facing mm-hmm. a couple of great football players every day.
1: Mm-hmm. This is one of those plays where it's about okay, this is this is a highlight, but it's not a highlight if you know what you're looking for, right? These mm-hmm. are some of those things where you're saying okay, these are the areas where Keon's gotta clean th- some things up. Not really looking for the ball here. He's just kind of hits this kid, he's not moving his feet, he's standing straight up. Yep. You know, you see I mean the there's a big yeah. the extension though. Yeah, but then you just see, oh, okay, I'm gonna go play now, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, and he takes two steps and drills a running back. So you know what you're looking for? You can see those areas for improvement on a guy. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love the recognition here, too. He's coming wide. He sees the puller. He adjusts, get back inside, and he helps make the play. I mean, it's just this kid wants no part of Keon Keeley, though. Watch this. Nope. Like, oh, God, I don't want to block this guy. He wants no part of Keon at this point. B- business
2: decision. When, business you, decision.
1: when you can make a kid say, nope, <laughs> 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 nope, I ain't doing it. You're pretty good, <laughs> like Vaughn did to to, uh, to Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. Uh, nope, yeah. nope. I'm I, done. I, I'm good. <laughs> yep. All right. This is another big offensive lineman he's going against. Really big. This is a big kid. Yeah, it is a big kid. You see the you see the watch this kid's back. Watch this kid's back. You see him. how he kind of gets stood up. Yeah. That's that's the strong hands we talk about. Gets off, gets to the guy. Mm-hmm. In college, maybe this is fifteen in college. But yeah, good I play love, to I me. love it. Yep. Oh, is this is this
2: some kick coverage we're talking yeah. now. Is this some kick yep. coverage. Yep. Kid that good on kick
1: coverage. Mm-hmm. I love that. L- love the instincts here, Ryan. He's yep. coming hard. He's not. He's coming hard on this guy. He. It's isn't is like the play against against. Uh, uh, Archer's school, where he was yeah. kind of reading it, he's coming on a pressure here, but he still has the awareness. Like, look, length doesn't matter if you don't know when to get your hands up, right? I yep. mean, you got to have some instincts and intelligence on here. And this is one of those plays where, yeah, you see the length and the quickness and all that, but what you also see is this is a kid that's, that knows how to read. He knows how to react. He's got some instincts and some intelligence in the game of football, too.
2: Yep. He's the house call, that one, though. He's the mm-hmm. house caller. Mm-hmm. Again, establish, establishing yep. an inside position and your ability to get good vision on the ball carrier and then get off. That's what you're poor talking number about.
1: 70, man. This, this I kid know. is just, this is a big kid just getting. Now, this, you're talking about not good hand placement. This yeah. kid has horrible hand placement
2: <laughs> all the way outside. Just yeah. every
1: single snap. Like, buddy, get your hands inside. You're huge. Use your hands.
2: <sighs> Man, And again, you see that jolt on that offensive lineman there. Like he just dominates him at the point of attack.
1: But this is what I see from this. It's length and block to start and all that stuff. But this is a kid. Again, this is the feel for the game. He's not just beating up this 300 pound offensive lineman. His eyes are on the football the entire time. Like that's the thing for me. That's that football IQ thing that I keep hitting on is he comes off this and makes this play. I mean, he reads the play. He's not just a freaky athlete. This kid knows how his quarterback's said, like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> seriously." A little bit offsides there, but they didn't call bit. it. They didn't call it, so it's not offsides if they didn't call it, right? It's <laughs> like a great jump to me. Great job. Yeah, exactly. That uh, that one right there, Brian. Like that's just like he's not even coming hard. He. It's just the. He's amount so of, long. He he doesn't need that range. many steps. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Take one two three
5: four
1: five and he's there <laughs> oh, and he and like I said because he's not coming hard he's not getting as long with those steps yep again love the instincts and feel he's he's making moves on the lineman but he's seeing the game he's why he's seeing through the lineman like mm-hmm. that's a difficult thing that's a rare trait for a young kid in my opinion Ryan is the yep. ability to see through the guy you're fighting with mm-hmm. because young kids have a tendency to focus on what's right in front of them. Right. Keon doesn't do that. He can focus on what's in front of him while still seeing the game. And that's when I talk about that football IQ that we talk about. Like this kid is seeing the football and then gets off the football.
2: Especially when an offensive tackle is taking like looks like a pass set, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what makes it so mm-hmm. difficult is cuz like your read is like, "Oh wow, he's pass setting." And then all of a sudden, it's a run play. Mm-hmm. So that's just that impressive instincts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's pretty good, right? Not bad, he, he's a pretty good player. He's pretty good player. He yeah, my life? yeah, he, he he's a pretty good football player. So, obviously, big time pick up Notre Dame. I know everybody's freaking out about you got to keep him in the class and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we'll see how all that plays out. I, I feel good about it. I think Keon, like every player, has a right to take visits. I I I think that we are underestimating how much Keon likes Notre Dame. I, I do. Now again, I'm not guaranteeing anything to you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I this is not your typical situation in my opinion and so um and also knowing his head coach the way that i do i, I think that it's going to take a lot for him to to flip but i i understand his desire to you know to, to to go what's out there when bama calls you listen and i think that's right now i think that's what what this is agree all right so let's talk about brennan vernon all right let's talk a little bit about brennan let's get this right here there we go okay now we got it brennan vernon was uh committed the day after Keon Keeley. They were kind of a one-two punch. Uh, They actually made the decision to commit a day apart. So two very talented players. This is an interesting ranking range for me. Yes, it is. Uh, One has you at 15. The other has you at 151. To me, I think he's kind of in between that. I think he's closer to the ESPN ranking for me. I don't view him as a top 15 player yet. I think he's got some tools to impress. Hey, you know what we forgot to do with Keon? We forgot to do comps. Okay. You do so, right? I, you know, we're going to kind of like, you know, guys that they compare him to. Why don't you go ahead and, and uh, give your comp for Keon? Because I don't have a better one than the one you have. So can so yep. of explain that one? So we're going to preface this
2: again. I, I want when, – whenever I do a comp – it is always a Same stylistic.
1: Here. Same, Same here, Brian. Yeah.
2: Whenever we do comps on this show, it is always a stylistic comp. I am not telling you that Keon Keely is going to be this football player, especially mm-hmm. with the NFL career that this mm-hmm. that this guy has had. Okay, so it's just from a long arms, athletic, good frame, all of those things I see in his game. Tools
1: comparison. That's tools basically comparison. what it is. It's a tools it's a tool-
2: comparison. We'll call it a toolbox comparison. And I I think that he similarly plays to a guy like a Chandler Jones. That's what mm-hmm. I see. Cuz Chandler Jones when he's coming out of Syracuse was long, like 35 plus inch arms, which is a incredible number for a defensive end. 6'5" I think and some change and he was I think he was around 250 255 if I remember correctly. Now he's playing up near 265. Again, coming out of Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And he's developed into one of the best pass rushers in the NFL for two reasons, what I just highlighted there. One is his length. He has the ability to get inside of offensive linemen and establish inside positioning and then also threaten the outside track. But then, uncommon for his size, is the fact that he has great speed around the track and he has closing speed that is rare for a guy his size. So stylistically speaking, I see a lot of Chandler Jones in this kid's game. And I think that just similarly, if you watch a Cardinals game, Think of how he wins as a football player, similar to how I think Keon Keeley wins mm-hmm. as a player.
1: Well, I think the other thing, too, with Chandler Jones is I, 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 you know, he's a guy to me that is not your typical – like he's got the length that Khalid Kareem has, right? But he's got a, a thinner frame, more explosiveness, and I, I think that's a good comp. I mean, I, I racked my brain all day today. I was like, no, nah, I can't do the same one that Ryan does on the first guy. But I was like, there's not a better comp than that, in my opinion. I think it's a really good comp. And uh, I think the other thing I've liked about Chandler Jones, you know, you talked about Chandler Jones being a great pass rusher. Yeah, I don't know what kind of pat. I don't know what kind of all around player he is in the NFL. I do remember him at Syracuse though, and he was a very strong all around player at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. He could play the run, he could set the edge, you know, he could do those things. He could play the run. Obviously, he was at his best as a pass rusher and had, you know, really outstanding, outstanding numbers. He didn't have outstanding numbers in, he's out, he's had outstanding numbers in the pros. He didn't have outstanding numbers in college. He was more of a guy that was, was drafted off of tools. And then he got hurt his, his last year and didn't play a ton, but you could see the all around game from him. And and Mm -hmm. I think that's, that to me is what I saw in college. Sure. And I think Keon has a lot of that too. Brennan Vernon, we do have a different comp, but we come from the yes. same place. My comp for Brennan Vernon is, is, is a Notre Dame guy. It's Khalid Kareem. He's not quite as long as Khalid, which we'll get into. But I think the reason I like this is because I think when I look at the fit, right, and you see you see Bre- Keon being like that Viper player, that speed boundary edge rusher. To me, Brennan is a power player. He is a guy that's a, a lot like a Khalid Kareem. He can be a disruptive power player. And I see a guy that's got that that thick frame. He's already 250. He's got long arms, not like super long arms. Like Khalid. I mean, Khalid had ridiculous arm length. He was like over 35 inches, I believe. Yeah. And so did Adi Takumba Ogandiji. But I think when I look at Brennan compared to like Adi, Adi Ogandiji was more of a, a thin young guy that grew into his frame and still was only 260 by the time he graduated. Not even 260 by the time he graduated. Mm-hmm. Khalid Kareem showed up like 240 plus. Brennan's right. going to show up 250 at Notre Dame and he's got that big frame, that thick, just country strong frame. He's not fat at all. I mean, I've seen him up close in person. I saw him at last April at the, uh, at the Columbus. Uh, uh, I forget. I think it's like, uh, it wasn't under armor. I forget which one it was. It was, it was a camp in Columbus and he's got a good frame. He doesn't have, he's not like a belly kid. He's just a big, thick, you know, what you think of a country boy, you know what I mean? Just that mm-hmm. kind of frame. And, And he's, that's where I like the Khalid comp. I think also Khalid was a run defender first and a pass rusher second. And I think that Brennan fits that mold really well, which is why I don't view him as a top 25 guy. I view him as more of like a 50 to to 75 to a hundred kind of guy more for me, which is still really good, but he just, there's some things he's got to really improve on. And I think one of the things that hurts him is I don't think he plays in a system in high school that allows him to maximize his tools the okay. way that he should. And I think that hurts him a little bit too, or at least not hurts him, but makes it a little more difficult to see, you know, can he rush on the edge? They don't really let him do that a ton in high right. school. You know, they play him more in heavy techniques, and, you know, then it makes it easier for teams to double-team him. So his ranking his ranking profile is very interesting. And I I wrote about this on the message board yesterday. You're saying more and more of this, and I, and I don't necessarily love it, I love the fact that you know people are willing to put their opinion out there no matter what anybody else has but some of these are just absurd like you know you've got one pe- one person's got emil Wagner's number 29 and everybody else has him outside the top 100 you know it's like crazy what what are we doing here you know yeah but he's got a pretty wide variation I definitely view him as a top 100 player there's no question about it with yeah. a high ceiling that's how I view brendan
4: Vernon
2: yeah, and I think I'm slightly higher, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. I view him more in the 35 to 40th 40 range, somewhere in that ballpark. I think that he could fight to f- back to five star status, which I know he's still in. I guess in rivals, I'm assuming if he's number 15th overall.
1: Well, they don't have him as a five star because they have this dumb thing where they don't give mm-hmm. out five stars early on.
2: Okay. So even
1: when he was ranked number eight, he was mm-hmm. not a five star.
2: Gotcha. And it's gotcha. all
1: about you know when they're going to do some summer release. Of the five stars, there's going to end up being 35 stars in the class. Yeah. So as long as you're number 32, you're a five star. It's just, that's just the way they do it. It's really stupid, but, but, but yes, I, if, I, if he stays in this ranking range, Ryan, he will be a five star.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I would say that, I think you illustrated what I, what kind of my opinions on him as well. I definitely think that he is much more power. And that is going to be, mm. I, I think he's going to be a little advanced in the run game, because I think that while the defensive system that he does play and playing in a, in an, odd man front a three-man front where he's playing four four eye more heavy techniques like you said inside techniques that does hurt what we can see from him as a true edge rusher but I think it does help him because he I mean he has to get hands-on and he has to be active in the run game they ask a lot of him. I mean he's almost too gapping at a lot a of, lot of ways um in a lot of reps so I think that that's helped him in the run game so that's kind of where it led to my comparison for like mm-hmm. a similar train of thought I see Sam Hubbard a little mm-hmm. bit which is me comparing what Sam Hubbard became, not what the, the prospect right. he was, because he played right. like safety, yeah. outside line. Back in high in school, high they school. were
1: completely different players. Yeah. Right.
2: But when, when Hubbard left for the NFL, what he's kind of developed in is, I think this year for Cincinnati, he ended up with like seven and a half sacks, which is like a solid number. Like right? It's not anything substantial, but he had double-digit tackles for loss, and he's one of the best run defenders in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he, again, has that long frame. We talked about his development. I think that – at 6'4, 6'5, somewhere in that ballpark, Brendan Vernon's gonna probably be about 265, maybe yeah. 270. And Sam Hubbard play. was a
1: little over 6'5, 270 to combine. He's now right. listed at 265 in the NFL, but he balked up to 270. So, like you said, he was a yep. skinny kid coming out of high school, but he became a much uh, a much thicker kid. Yeah. When, when he got to you know, he was a linebacker and I mean like he was listed as a linebacker, he's like 220. Yeah, he was closer to Keon Keely. Type of frame, like or high school kid, then you know, then he was anything else. But yeah, he he's that kind of guy. Let's dive into his strengths. I think, like you had mentioned, thick, powerful frame, good length, mm-hmm. uh, not elite length, but good length, uh, good initial burst and closing speed. He's not a super twitchy guy, but I think he gets off well. I think his pad level is is more consistently good than Keon's, but he has to improve there too. Mm-hmm. Um, We talked about Ryan. Already talked about this top notch run defender and edge setter. also like Keon really strong hands and that's so important for defensive linemen. You have to have heavy hands. It's like a box. I like comparing line play to boxing. You know, the, the, the great fighters of the guys, it doesn't matter what your size is, but you've got really powerful hands. You've got heavy hands and you could have two boxers of the same size. And one guy's a knockout guy and the other guy's a technician, right? I mean, that's just, it just, it's a, it's a God given gift in my opinion. Brennan, to me, has heavy hands from what I can see on film. And he's a motor. He's a tough kid. He plays hard. Uh, he battles. There's a, there's some work needed, tech, a lot of technical work needed, which is surprising when you consider the program he plays in. But I think there's a lot of room for him to improve, which is another reason why I think even though you and I disagree a little bit on where he's at right now, which is like we both, mm-hmm. you must top 100 guys, but, you know, you're 35 to 50. I'm 50 to 75-ish, you know, to 100 kind of guy. We see the ceiling the same way. He's got the ceiling to be a top 25, 30 guy, in my opinion. It's just going to, you know, he's just going to have to continue developing that frame. He's an interesting kid, too. And we're going to see his film. And I don't know if you can really see it from this film, but you can see it on game film and you can see it at camps. He's got a really weird gait. And I think it causes some to not appreciate his athleticism. I've always said this about Rod Smith. I'm a Broncos fan. You're going to remember Rod Smith. Yep. People always thought Rod Smith was a little slow. And I said he's not slow. That's why he has a 75-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl. He has a weird gait. So it doesn't. he doesn't run smooth. He's not a smooth runner. Michael Floyd was this way at Notre Dame. People were shocked that Michael Floyd ran a 4-4 at combine. I said, no, I'm not. He just had a weird gait. Brennan has this weird kind of side-to-side kind of gait that makes him look like he's lumbering but he's not lumbering. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's a little deceptive to me. And I think that's caused some people to kind of misconstrue his, his level of athleticism. I I think that, I think it it does.
2: And if you go back to his 2020 film, which was him as a sophomore, which I did before the show, uh, he is also he hasn't gained obviously the mass to his frame as much, so he mm-hmm. is also looks lumbering and is also a little bit awkward looking as a runner mm-hmm. as well. He kind of looks like a praying mantis in that film, and I think he yeah. got a
1: lot more explosive as a junior. Yeah, the tools were there. I like the tools. I just think that I think that you know his his gait kind of mm-hmm. throws some people off. We're going to start with his sophomore film because there's just not a lot of good. Uh, there's some good film on if you're a, if you like to watch game film there's a couple games online of his that you can go watch i always encourage you if you can find game film watch game film mm-hmm. and so you know you can see the good plays and the bad plays and that's why coaches will watch game film because i i remember one time um got film of a running back i'm like this kid's really good and he' have about four or five big runs a game and then you'd watch the game film and you're like he takes about half the plays off he doesn't like contact he doesn't block anyone and he walks back to the huddle after every play it was like okay, yeah, I don't know if I like this kid, you know, and that's why you want to see those things. But we're going to start off with a sophomore film because I, I I do think that's just there's more of it uh, than than there is of his of his um, junior. When we'll watch a little junior film, but there's just not there's not a lot there to be honest yeah. with you from a highlight standpoint. Like it's hard to dive into game film in this kind of format. Maybe we might do that over the summer, but like hi, there's a reason we do highlights. It's just a little bit more. Uh, fits well in this type of format but if you can watch some game film, there is some junior year game film you had a you had a game on espn this year against drew allers high school yep. where you can see that so here we go let's watch a little Brendan vernon film
2: so to preface this if we can go back to the beginning brian just so we know when we see those arrows we're not talking about the end man on the line of scrimmage we're talking right, about that right defensive here. lineman head up on the tackle
1: yep that guy right there This is that fight that I was talking about. Like, this kid's just bad. He's not using his hands real effectively here. Like you Uh talked about, there's a lot of technical work needed for him. But you can see the motor. You can see the battle. You can see him compete. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked about him when I saw him at camp is, you know, the kid gets out. He wants wants to take reps. He wants to work. He wants to get in there. He wants to compete. And you see that thick frame there. He's just a different built kid. He's legit 6'4", 6'5". I mean, he's a tall kid. Yep but you just see the thick lower half. Look, look how big this is as a sophomore. You can see that big lower half, that real thick lower half.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And he felt, and he filled out even more as mm-hmm. a junior, which is really yeah. nice
5: to see.
1: Trying to see where he is on this film over here. I think he's up top. Yep. That's him up top. All right. This is him up top up here. See here. That's him right there. See this motor. He's just like, he reminds me kind of like Kurt Heinisch from a motor standpoint, just way better skills. No disrespect to Kirk, but there's just things Brennan can do that Kirk can never do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's a nose tackle. I'm just talking about the motor. I'm just comparing the motor, just the just the hustle that he has. Yeah. He bared, He's not even in his – like, look at him. He's late getting down to a stance, and he still explodes off the ball, right? Like, you see that? Yeah. Like, he's still kind of bending down, and boom, comes out of a stance quick. I love it.
2: And I think someone commented at one point, like, is he going to be an inside guy eventually? I don't think so. I mean, could he? He gain it, right. but
1: like, no, he, yeah. I, I think
2: he, I think he's too good of an athlete that he's going to have to make that transition. Right. Like, he's a good, like, he's a good athlete at defensive end.
1: Right. Like this right here, this is how they ask him to play. This whole run down the middle of a guy—that's what they ask him to do.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this is what they say. Hey, look, you know, it's an odd man front. It's a two gapping front. Yep. that's what they ask him to do. I do not like it.
2: No, they were they 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 I would like them to just kind of take the shackles off sometimes, mm-hmm. just let them go.
1: hmm You can see him again playing backside. He's gotta play the quarterback. Once he decides the running back's got it, you see that redirect. This yeah. redirect right here is 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 one of those things you see, okay, okay. This kid's got some, this kid's got a little bit of a, a little bit of COD in him, change of direction in his game.
2: And and I like still like how he stays square though. Even if the mm-hmm. quarterback does pull, he can still he can still yep. redirect and recover.
1: Yep. And it's also impressive too, because playing a five technique, mm-hmm. it's easy to get sucked inside when you're playing a five technique. Absolutely. It's because you're just already kind of there. If the guy works inside, you're just kind of already inside a little bit more than normal. Mm-hmm. So really good patience there, and then just closing quickly on the football.
2: And it looks it looks like the competition he's playing. It looks like they have some size working against him too. So I imagine yeah. he plays. In a well, he, he
1: yeah he plays in Northeast Ohio. He plays against like the like some Columbus schools, but mostly like Cleveland. He mm-hmm. plays you know he plays against some really really good football teams. Eastern Ohio. All
2: right again, you can't you can't see it from that angle, but he's staying he stays square and he's able mm-hmm. to redirect
1: to make a play. Mm-hmm. See that weird gait? How his shoulders kind of go side to side. Mm-hmm. But he's trust me he's moving. He moving. <laughs> he's moving. He's
2: moving. And great effort. Like you said, it's got the effort mm-hmm. too.
1: Yep. And you'll see that not just on the highlight tapes, you'll see that in game film too. Kid plays hard. I love this right here, Ryan. This kid tries to go for his feet and he's immediately immediately gets his hands down, yeah. his feet back, but his feet never stop moving. A lot of kids when when they try to get cut, they stop their feet and they just put the, like they try they they get kind of they kind of panic and they're like they just they, oh I gotta use my hands, use my hands. His hands yep. and feet work together here, he never stops moving his feet. Really nice job of, of beating the cup lock here. I like this. Yep. It's a terrible cup lock attempt. Like, don't it, get it, it don't get it terrible. twisted. It's it's not like oh, look at that great technique, and he beat it. I just you can see the hands and feet working together well yep. there.
2: And good balance. Good balance yeah. too. All right, so here's here he is more of a five. Mm-hmm working down a lot of scrimmage again playing with effort playing mm-hmm. with effort. He's you can see the frame you, in that one. You can see the frame and again this is sophomore film compared to Keeley's junior film that we just watched but like you can mm-hmm. see that he's a slightly less caliber of athlete but still a good one, still a very good one.
1: Mhm. We'll watch a couple more plays here and then we're going to get to some of a couple couple senior clips. Again, there's just there's not a lot.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: This is one of my favorite plays of him on this clip. He's completely out of control. Right, balance. loses his balance. Yeah. Right, but look at him as he's falling down. He's still trying to make the play. He's falling backwards, it's a lot and he's still trying too. to make the play. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they show this because he just blows up this tackle. And I think this is Ignatius. I think this is against Saint Ignatius.
2: And he blows up this tackle with one arm too. Yes, That's balance. Like there's some strength there, right? There. Yes, there's a lot of power. But look
1: at him. Like still, like oh crap, the ball. You know, like I'm falling down, and he's still trying. I just, I love this kid's motor. I yeah. really do. He's a try hard guy with a lot of talent. Absolutely. Here's the rare four down clip. This is against Pick Central. Look at that. That's good block destruction right there. That is
2: quick inside position and active mm-hmm. hands. So,
1: yeah. Yep. Again, like Keon, keeping those eyes inside, seeing through the guy he's working against.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: This is also against Pick Central. Pickering Central is where uh, uh, the Styles and the Styles brothers went to school. Yep. Like here, he's a little late with his hands, but he's Mm -hmm. so strong, he can kind of get off of it. Yep. You know, gets to the quarterback.
2: Yep. Even when his hands are late, though, they're active. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of activity
1: there. Yep. All right. Let's get to a couple junior clips here. Like I said, there's not a lot. Mm -hmm. So we'll just get to those here real quick and show you those. And then we'll wrap up with Drake Bowen. As Brian's
2: pointed it up, when you start to see the junior, just look at the frame. Look how much more filled out
1: he is. Mm-hmm. He looks like he got a little bit taller as well. He
2: does, yep. Taller and just that body is just more filled out. He looks. And the looks thing
1: better. that I was nervous about when is when a guy does kind of have that little bit of a fill out is his feet slow down. His feet sped up. He's no, I, quicker as a junior than he was as a sophomore.
2: Oh, I thought he was – infinitely more explosive yeah. this year than,
1: than yeah. 2020 yep which is kind of funny because he was ranked as a five-star off sophomore film and he's dropped now that he's become a better football player uh, and i'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that he's committed it's see what i'm saying about that weird gait. yep Yep. he's got that weird kind of a herky-jerky style but he's he's moving
2: you know who's like that a little bit, and this is definitely not a comparison because I don't think that they're the same type of player, but Nick Bose is kind of like that too. Like he kind of has that yeah. weird wiggle, you know, yeah. And but it's just he can get going, just effort here.
1: This you can see the get-off a little bit here. Now he's got to work on his angle. I think he's yeah. a little bit too vertical. He kind of mm-hmm. bows a little bit, so like that needs work. You know, when mm-hmm. you're as big and strong as he is, I want you going right for that outside shoulder, but yep. you can see the get-off here is good. Like – that's what i like and then you see him coming back into the play because he just doesn't kid just does like if if the whistle is not has not blown keon is playing i mean uh brennan's playing ball he's not he's not stopping till the whistle blows i love i love i love kids that are highly ranked that are also try hard guys he's a worker i love that i love Mm -hmm. that because he's gonna play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder Yep. Where he's not gonna like, I'm Brennan Vernon, I'm a five star. I don't have you know, he doesn't he doesn't play like that at all. And again, it's gotta move his feet better, right? He kind of just absorbs this contact, but that's what he's asked to do. He's two gapping. I hate it.
5: Mm-hmm. I hate
1: it. But you can see the motor, you can see him playing hard. You can see the jolt
2: too at the beginning of the rounds mm-hmm. hands. Yep.
1: See his he stands up, right? So that he's yep. gotta he's the consistency with his pad level's gotta be there. Like the he's redirect. not, yeah. He, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say the redirect, though, for being as tall as he is, there as far as his pad level is not bad, though, which mm-hmm. is kind of kind of interesting to see. Mm-hmm.
1: His balance on that play for how tall he was, I, mm-hmm. I I thought shows like you had mentioned earlier, really good balance. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that worked. And we're gonna watch some Saint Ignatius film, and then we're gonna we're gonna move on to Drake Bowen.
2: And I think that the one thing that we keep reiterating is that I think Keeley and Vernon really fit well together, mm-hmm. right? Completely
1: Keeley, different ends. Completely, completely different. different
2: ends. Keeley, think more Viper, kind of what Isaiah Foskey plays, than strong side defensive end for a guy like Vernon.
1: Mm-hmm. This is against Cleveland San Ignatius, obviously one of the top programs in the state. This is terrible technique, but the toughness and the strength is what I like. Just throws this kid down. The technique has to, you know, needs work. I mean, Keon Keeley, to me, from a technical standpoint, is far more advanced than Brendan Vernon is, which is partly why I don't have Brendan ranked as high as you, Mm -hmm. but also why we have the same exact feeling on his ceiling and why I'm excited about landing him because the tools are there. I think there's this assumption that because he comes from mentor, which is considered a top program, that he's, you know, some advanced – there's a lot of there's a lot of need for improvement from a technical standpoint here but for sure but that actually makes that play even more impressive Yep. because he's able to do that without getting extension or using his hands yep. i mean i
2: i would love to see him in the weight room i imagine this kid gets oh after yeah. it a little bit in the weight room oh yeah
1: face gets all red Yep. yeah oh yeah that's better use of his hands there all right so that that is brennan vernon yep. obviously a Big commitment for Notre Dame, literally and figuratively. Really strong pickup for the Irish. Going to wrap up with Drake Bowen. So let's get into some Drake Bowen film, Ryan. Actually, we're going to first start off with some Drake Bowen overview here. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: He's another kid that has seen his ranking drop since he committed to Notre Dame, even though he really hasn't played any football. Since funny that how, happened, funny how uh, that happens. I'm sure it's completely coincidence. Uh, but Drake wow. Bowen is, according to rivals, the number 33 player in the country. You're like, and the first three rankings are all fair. I mean, I would, I yeah. would have him. You know, in I think ESPN is kind of close because I think Drake is a, like a lot like Brendan Vernon that he is. He's just getting by on God given ability. There's yeah. a lot he has to learn. The fact that he's a two sport star, those kids are usually a little bit further behind from a technical standpoint, but. I mean, this is this is a top fifty football player. We could argue whether he should be top twenty or if he's top fifty, but he's a top fifty football player, in my opinion, Drake Bowen is in, in my view. I don't know how where you would rank him right now, Ryan, but to I, I me was
2: he is. I was gonna say 40 to 45, yeah. maybe stretch to 50, somewhere in that ballpark. I w- I actually did agree hundred percent. I, I think yeah. close to where ESPN has it, I think they have it pretty well there.
1: Yeah. I don't know what on three is thinking. I don't know, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. But you know, but but the, again, this is this is three. Three front seven players that somebody at least two services, I believe. Let me let me go back up. What was Brendan? I believe. It's, it's, okay, he was on. close. So at I least
2: think, I th- I think on three is run by some Michigan folk. I think <clears throat> perhaps. I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but so three front seven players that at least one service ranks as a top fifty recruit.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Two of the kids are ranked as top fifty players by at least two services. And all three of them are top 60 guys by at least two. That's mm-hmm. good. That's a good way to start your front seven class. For sure. And and so from a ranking standpoint, I, I think Drake is there. You know, look, and I think he's also a kid that it's, it's important to have, and this is from a recruiting standpoint, it's important to have a highly ranked local kid when you can get one. Because right. what that means is every time there's a recruiting event on campus – Drake Bowen's going to be there more often than not. There will be some times this spring when he won't be able to be there because of baseball, mm-hmm. but more often than not, like he's going to be on campus this weekend for the junior day, Yep, right? It's Drake Bowen's not coming for Drake Bowen. Drake Bowen's coming because he wants to be around other recruits that he's going to try to convince to come to Notre Dame, Right, which I think is very important. But, you know, I, top 50 football player, definitely a guy that, that was a big pickup for Notre Dame and a guy that Marcus Freeman identified and got on early like that's a guy we want and it 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 was a more of a battle than people realize i think there's a lot of people that assume that because he's local he's going to come he's not really a local kid his family's from texas his family grew up longhorn fans there was a for a long time my sources are like you know i think he's leaning towards going south but marcus freeman was able to win the day and and did a great job recruiting him there's no question about it
2: sure
1: so a common theme with three, these kids, Ryan, and I think this is what makes the – this is the difference makers, and I think Notre Dame hasn't had enough guys like this. Natural power. Yeah. And not everybody has it. And and I think that that's kind of what made Jeremiah Wusukoromoa so unique for a small guy. It's just that natural explosiveness, natural hand strength. And that, to me, is what separates these guys from other good players that maybe aren't as good. And to me, Drake is one of those. I mean, he has strong hands, but he arrives at the football. And he He's one of those guys, and they're they're kind of rare, where if he takes two steps, he can hit you like he had a running start.
2: Well, and I was going to say, sometimes it's difficult for guys, and you're going to see when we pull up the film, Drake plays in a lot of space. Like, they ask him to flex out on number two, flex out on number three a ton, We're literally working from depth. And a lot of times for those kind of guys that are true linebackers, working from that type of space and in that depth, a lot of guys miss tackles because they don't come to balance when they're tackling, but this kid comes to balance and he strikes, he creates a lot of power and some very tight windows. What Brian is illustrating.
1: Impressive burst. It kind of fits into that. I think this yep. kid gets, I don't know if Drake is like, a. I think he's the comp for me, for him. And it's, it's, it's going to seem like a lazy one, but it, to me, it just really fits. Yeah. is is drew tranquil i think and, and it's from a very similar bo- body type you know 6'2 215 he's thicker than drew was at the same age drew was a safety in in high school mm-hmm. he's thicker than drew was good arm length he's he's got longer arms than drew but you know drew had short arms but not a real super long guy but just a really athletic guy that can play in space can move inside i'd say he's a little bit more drew was and we talked about this earlier on the phone Drew's probably a little bit more smooth than mm-hmm. Drake was. Drake's more explosive. Right. But in a lot of ways, the positional fit, and and I think the burst, Drew Drake, Drew had a really good downhill burst. Mm-hmm. And I think Drake is that, but even better. Drake is a, the comp to Drew, but at the same age, he's far more advanced as a linebacker than Drew was. And he's more explosive than Drew was at the same age. And Drew Tranquil was, what, early fourth-round draft pick, yeah, right? I mean, so... I'll probably, take that. I'll take probably, that all day.
2: He, he probably would have been drafted a little higher too, if not for the injuries as well. Right. You know, right. Be, Two devastating things.
1: knee injuries. Yeah, yeah, and he was absolutely. taken early in the fourth round, I believe.
2: Yeah. And he ran. I mean, he was like a four, five, eight. I think. a yeah. Forty high, thirty inch vertical. Like mm-hmm. Drew Krankle was a, a dynamic athlete
1: for with the line, two, two. A with both of his knees being uh, torn up when he was in college.
2: Imagine True. what he would have ran otherwise. It would have right. been a pretty good right. time. Exactly. I, it's funny, though, that you mentioned that the Texas kind of um, – the Texas uh, nuance to Drake yep. Bowen with his family because I went actually to a Longhorn for my comparison. I actually did not know about that connection. So, mm-hmm. yeah, coincidental here. If you remember him at Texas, he played a lot in space. They, they, mm-hmm. He was a guy that they played – As a Sam backer, they would flex him out. He would play some will, do a bunch of different things. And he became a really good player for the Philadelphia Eagles. And now he plays, I think, still for the Arizona Cardinals. But I don't think he's quite.
1: talking about Jordan Hicks, right?
2: I'm talking about Jordan Hicks. That's the guy that reminds me stylistically of a guy like Drake Bowen. You're going to see Drake. Do a lot of different things for his team. A lot like what what Jordan Hicks was as a young football player. A guy that could navigate space on second level. And the roughly, Mm -hmm. I I think Jordan Hicks was 6'1", 6'2", 230, 235. So body type kind of similar too.
1: Yeah, and I'd say Drake's probably a touch taller. Mm -hmm. Very similar. And the interesting thing is Drake was also a Midwest. I mean, Jordan Hicks was also a Midwestern kid. He's from Ohio. Went down Mm -hmm. to Texas to play college football. So I like that comp. I like that comp. You are more comfortable with it because you've seen Jordan more than I have. It with yes. all your draft work, but and, and I live right
2: outside right outside right. of Philadelphia, so I've seen him right. a ton.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, so obviously, I remember him as a high school kid, and I think the comp is really fair as a as a high school kid. Really fair. A uh, Good feel in the pass game is important. I think Drake, in many ways, is a modern linebacker, and what I mean by that is he's not huge, he's not two forty, he's not junior two Alamaca. he's not Manti. He's 210, 215 at the most right now. He gets a little thinner during baseball season. But he's a kid that can play in coverage. He can play in space, as you mentioned, and he can rush the quarterback. And that's why I say the modern linebacker has to be able to play the run, play in space, cover, and pressure. And I think think he can do that, which then fits into the fourth point, Ryan, which is guys that can do all that have great positional flexibility.
2: And we had we had somebody ask us in the chat earlier. I forget who it was, but someone put in, "Do you think that he's a rover?" And my mm-hmm. response to that, and I'm sure that we'll get a little more into it in depth when watching his film, I think he can play rover. I think he can. But also, I, I think that he could play well, and I think he'd be a mm-hmm. really good Will with the type of burst that he has. But to answer the question, yes, he could absolutely play yeah. rover, in my opinion. And,
1: and I think if, if he were just a football player, I'd say he's going to outgrow Rover pretty quickly. Sure. But his plan is to play baseball at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to want to beef up too much to play baseball. Like you don't want right. to be a to 200, 240 pound outfielder shortstop. Right. I mean like third baseman, like that, that gets too thick. I, so I could see him staying streamlined yep. and maybe being a Rover will hybrid, you know, Got maybe it. play some Sam and some three down from some, some, some pure three, three looks if they ever get to that type of look. So yeah, I, I I think to Ben's to Ben's question, I do think he could play some rover and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts there. I think the other thing is part of that is going to be where do the guys in the class ahead of him end up when he gets there. That's right. the other thing. Like if Jalen Stees like, "Oh my god, he's a rover and he's never leaving rover," then they're not going to put Drake Bowen behind him I say, "Okay, let's let's find let's get Drake." And that's the thing I like about him, Ryan, is with guys like him, mm-hmm. you can say, "Look, where's he going to play?" uh yeah. wherever gets him on the field the fastest right For like sure. the same thing with josh sure. burnham that's all I love about josh burnham it's like where's josh burnham gonna play mike or will whatever Anywhere. gets him on the field the fastest <laughs> right whereas jalen sneed a rover or will or a mike whatever gets him on the field the fastest. i mean that's you want to have guys that have that positional flexibility and then of course that trend i mean the three four and five all kind of play together that he's productive in all phases yeah. and and it's it's one thing to have the the, the tools to be a run defender, pass defender, and pressure guy. It's mm-hmm. another thing to be actually productive. He makes plays in all three phases. Now, there's a lot of technical work that's needed for him. He just gets sure. by on just God-given ability a lot. And that's kind of why, in my opinion, Nolan Ziegler outplayed him so much when they had their head-to-head matchup is, is Nolan is a lot more advanced and, you know, also very athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, you know, he – I, I think that once he learns the game a little bit more, there's a, a lot of room for, and that's kind of why I have him ranked as high as I do is I think everything he does on the football field is just, just God given ability. Sure. I don't think he really plays the game with great technique yet. He's just really productive and really instinctive. And and that's kind of one of those exciting things. When you look at a kid, you say, you know, it's, it's one thing, look, look I mean, there's kids that play at D three schools, D two schools, you know, FCS schools, whatever the case may be, that were incredibly productive high school players. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're not recruiting a guy just for production production is nice, but you're recruiting him because of the tools and Drake has all the tools. And the thing I like about him is, and maybe this is just a coach in me, Ryan, Mm -hmm. but I just don't, I don't care about technique for high school kid. I don't care that a kid's raw. I mean, it's like, why do you pay these coaches six, seven figures, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what they're paid to do—is to coach these kids on how to play. Give me yeah. the kid that's got the physical tools, and I'm gonna coach him up. I mean, that—that's—that's that's what you get paid to do. I want mm-hmm. a kid with the tools over a kid that's maybe not a real twitchy athletic kid, but man, he's fundamentally sound and he knows how to play. Give me you'd the toolsy kid every day of the week.
2: I was gonna say you'd rather work with like a clean slate than trying to break a bunch of bad habits. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. Or even if it's a guy with great habits, but he's yeah. just a four eight. Mm-hmm. And he's a 4 4 shuttle. And you know what I mean? Like, give me the kid that's a 4 5 or a 4 6 and a 4 2 shuttle that doesn't know how to play yet because I can coach him up how to play. That's, that's, again, that's what these coaches are supposed to get paid for is to coach these kids up and teach them how to play. Sure. I also love the fact that Drake had a monster game, in the state championship game. And this is one of those weird things that some people don't care about. I do. Mm-hmm. I care that prospects play big in the big moments. I really do. For sure. And, and he certainly did that, which, uh, you know, to me, that just that tells me something about your mindset. So let's watch some film of Drake Bowen. and I'm telling you, you're going to love how explosive this kid is.
2: Whew. Here he is working in space a little bit. Look at
1: that angle, though. Look at him trying to work hard to get in front of that kid. Mm-hmm. Like get on that inside shoulder.
2: Yeah, that first step explosiveness is very good. You, you'll hear a lot about stop start from uh, wide receivers, but this stop start mm. here is is incredible. And the instincts to understand that, hey, screen's coming and then come to balance, deliver a blow
1: (laughs) and rock them. He, I mean, he just explodes through this kid. And like, look, you're notice, uh, I I don't, this may not be something that some people care about. I do. I love kids that play with emotion. Mm -hmm. I would rather have to say, hey, man, you got to calm down a little bit than like, hey, can I finally get some energy from you, please? Like Drake, Keon, Brennan, they all play with a lot of emotion and energy.
5: Yes,
1: they do. <clears throat> They're very confident football players, and that is important for me. Yep.
2: And you're going to see him – so this team runs like a, three, a three-man a front. They're like a 3-4 team, and you're going to see him on the ball pass rushing a lot, which you see here as well. Watch
1: this right arm on the, on the pressure. Watch the right arm. He's going for the club. This is a rover that's pressuring. Look at that – like this looks like a DN move here, right? Nice. He gets that inside arm up. He locks the guy out, right? Okay. Okay. The alignment doesn't have him as like a great angle to get to the quarterback, but he gets that great burst, watch mm-hmm. the inside arm, locks the guy out with one arm. This is what Isaiah Fosky did like five times this year. <laughs> right? Like, and then he goes on the upside, he goes on the outside of the quarterback, Oof. and he goes for the strip. I mean, this is just
2: textbook. Like, yes.
1: Yes. And a big, I believe this is the state was the state title game, or at least the semifinals.
2: So you just saw him on ball there. Now you see him again, flexed out.
1: Now, this is what I love to Watch the angle that he attacks the ball. He's going for the upfield shoulder. If he goes inside and he misses, that guy's getting outside, right? He's not going for the ball here because he's in zone, right? He's got his eye on the ball, but he realizes, I'm not getting the ball. So go, go play the receiver, and he just drills him, Yep. right? <clears throat> look at Look at that burst. He's reading, and once he sees the hole, look at that. I mean, that is impressive. That is really impressive athleticism. Plays with bad intentions. Yep. Yep. This is against Nolan Ziegler's high school. Nolan had a game here. You want to talk about closing
2: speed? Yep. (laughs) Here it is. Gets caught up on the
1: flex. I know we're talking about Drake, but Nolan went off in this game. I'm about to show you that highlight from this game, Ryan, that Nolan had. Yeah. He intercepted a bubble screen and took it back to the house. The I, I
2: think I think I saw the clip uh, yeah. was circulating on Twitter on that yeah. one.
1: I'm going to show it anyway because <laughs> I want to see it.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Watch this pick. Oof. Again, like hate the technique, right? He's standing yeah. straight up. He's on his heels. This is terrible technique. Like I would never teach this, but. That's the thing is this kid – but look at the play.
5: Yeah.
1: Like that's just – you know, that's just – you're not teaching that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, plays running back. I like the fact that he plays offense. See this again because I had trouble finding him at first. I'm like, wait a minute. Which which guy are they pointing at? He's the Mike linebacker right here, right? Yep. This him right here.
2: Okay. Again,
1: terrible technique. Yep. Like, there's nothing about this technically that I like. No. But just the athleticism and the instincts is what I – that's what I like. Mm-hmm. The athleticism and the instincts is what I like to see, and then picks it off. And,
2: And again, you've seen him at inside linebacker. You've seen him mm-hmm. on the line of scrimmage.
1: You've seen him out mm-hmm. in
2: space. All the things he's asked to do for his high school.
1: Yeah. Life. And he's a baseball player, so you know he's going to have good balance, and you know he's going to have great hand-eye coordination. And that's why I think his – you know, the technique will get there. The hand, The hand – you know, the – there's nothing about baseball that makes you a good linebacker. But I think if you're a good hitter, and he is, and you're a shortstop, which he is, you're going to have great hand-eye coordination. And that can be – that. that's just the tool there that it's going to require Marcus Freeman and whoever else coaches linebackers to coach him up. This isn't great block destruction technique, but he's got his eyes into the backfield. He's seeing through the through the guy, and then you just see the closing speed, just the ability to make plays.
2: When, when did they well, – Actually, change- I'm,
1: I'm looking at the wrong guy here. I'm looking yeah. at this guy. Yeah. This is him. Look at this yeah. light light on his feet and just explode Speed. into the football. Just this cat can run. Yeah.
2: When did they change the huddle thing from just a circle to this boom? And
1: uh, they give the kids the option. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's
2: a little hard to tell who's who sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's not real placed real real well. This one's easy because he's a running. This <laughs> is the cut right here. Watch this vertical cut. This is athletic. Like, bam! Watch that.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Love like that. Yeah. Love it. That's great feet right there. Yeah. So he's the Mike linebacker here. Yep. Right. Again, no technique to speak of, but just athletic.
2: Closing speed. Yep.
1: Yep. Just, just, he's just athletic. That's that's the thing that gets me. He's a Mike linebacker again here. Mm -hmm. Look at the redirect. Look at him change direction like three different times here. Back up, come down again. Never, he's, and the thing is, he never plants, right? Like he never, and what I mean plants, he plants, obviously, but he doesn't dig in he's just yeah. real nimble light on his feet and then just explodes downhill and makes the play
2: it's really smooth
1: yep really smooth
2: all right now we're sorting some traffic here love, love how he it.
1: keeps his feet working through contract he never he's never able to actually build up speed but he arrives with some force
2: all right hustle sack playing on the line of scrimmage here pass rushing outside gets inside the frame able to get off I
1: love that late inside hand move that he has here I love this mm-hmm. yep to get off it's really good.
2: One thing I love about all three guys we've watched, and I know it's highlights, so it can be a little misleading sometimes. All three of these guys play with great effort, too. So yeah. Great effort.
1: Well, and, and I've seen games of all three of them, and it's it's yeah. like, and that's what we kind of see. You know, the, the motor for for Keon at times isn't quite there because he's just so much. It's, he never loafs. He never takes plays off. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes he can win even though he's not going full speed. I think it's more about just how dominant he is. I think that's something that'll change when he gets to high school when he gets to college. Right. Hey, these are easy. We know where he's playing. There, look mm-hmm. at that balance. That balance, though, man. Goodness, great that those feet. Arm. <laughs> look at that balance, man. Like yeah, crazy. Love it. I love it. John Holtz, my man. Thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you, John. Aloha from Maui. Thank you for keeping me updated from so far away. Yeah, you're in the sun right now, buddy. You're it's, it's you're still sunny. I think where you are. We're in the dark and it's cold. Come hang out with you a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat, John. Really appreciate that. Look how nimble he is even before he gets the ball. Again, no kind of technique to speak of, but just look how agile he is. Just real nimble kid. It's a top 50 football player. Yeah. And when the technique catches up to the talent, that's where you start to get excited. That's why he's got a five-star upside grade for me.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, you know, look, look. <laughs> that's big time right there. <laughs> Love that. Look at the force he arrives with without even really getting. He's got no momentum really, like really good momentum going forward, and he arrives with physicality. Wonder uh, what's coming here. Swing screen. Uh-oh. Oh, look at that move. This a this a linebacker, folks. Right. Smooth, nice cut. Mm-hmm. This thing, he, you know, I think Drew was a little more smooth, but it's not like this kid's stiff by right. any stretch. This kid's smooth as well. He's more explosive than Drew was, though. Look, love it.
2: No, they wouldn't ask Love him it. to play in space as much Mm-mm. if he wasn't if he Mm-mm. was stiff.
1: No, he's not. He's got nice hips. Yeah. And I think that's one nice thing about him playing baseball is he's gonna have to, whether he's playing outfield or infield, he's gonna have to keep that COD and that that suddenness there for baseball. For sure. And so he's never gonna, you know, you don't have to worry about him getting tight in the off season. Like some kids, you worry about them getting tight in the offseason in the strength program. That's not gonna be an issue for for Drake, in my opinion, especially right. if he's still playing baseball. See that, see that crease, baby, hit it. See it and hit it. Look like Josh Adams in some of these clips. <laughs> so that, folks, is Drake Bowen, very talented football player, part of a great front seven class for Notre Dame. Um, just, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know if we could have got off to a better start. We. No, I did it. See, you made me do it, Ryan. If Notre I mean, Dame right could have right. got off to a better start, I'm blaming uh, you because I, thought, I, I thought take no responsibility. I
2: thought, responsibility. You, meant, I thought yeah. you meant our film watching. Yes, that's it. That's what I meant. This awesome show was. could not have gotten <laughs> off to a
1: better start. Good save, well yes. done, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if Notre Dame could have got off to a better start in front seven recruiting. You
4: know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can say,
1: okay, maybe the class could be done by now, but that's that's not reality. I mean, they are off to a phenomenal start. Yep, very talented defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. top i mean again i i view all three of them as top 50 between the two of us one of us have used each of these guys as a top 50 recruit for sure you know brendan to me could be 50 to 75 but you know you see him as more of a 50 guy so i this is a a great start for notre dame just a great now they got to add to it right that's the next step you got to add to it we'll get into the the boards for the d line and we'll get in the boards at linebacker which is still evolving i mean they've Offered several t- 2023 linebackers in the last A couple
2: lot weeks. of linebackers, yeah,
1: and and board so they're going to keep recruiting until they till guys commit, yeah. and that's how you got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Defensive line, you know, there's a lot of kids on the board. I believe Devin Houston, you said, t- texted me earlier today, is visiting this weekend. Is that who you? Is that was that? Yeah, um, you Devin. know, Jason Devin Moore, Houston. Devin Houston, yep. yes. Jason Moore's on the board I mean they're still recruiting until they fill the class up they're still they're still getting kit pushing they, for they, kit,
2: they so. just they just sent another offer out to KJ Sampson as yep. well North Carolina yep. kid so yep. yeah it's, it's who I think
1: is more of like a the, he could be that nose in this defense yes. I think which yes. they kind of need that penetrating you know thick bodied short squatty thick bodied type of kid at nose yep. uh good football player very disruptive football player you know yes. I had a top five that didn't include Notre Dame I think Notre Dame you know talking to you and Sean going to have a chance to be in there but that's the thing is after we finish out out these these committed kids we're going to dive into sort of our boards and that'll be what the next couple months of this show is going to be going through the position groups ranking the players and and diving into the film so that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and then your monday show will be more geared towards interviews and news and scoop and answering questions and you know talking about who they've offered where the coaches were all that kind of stuff this one this wednesday night show is going to be Is going to be a lot about just this talking ball getting in the film room. Right. And great way to start. Now, as a former quarterback, I kind of was like, you know, some of those I'm like, you know, flashbacks. But as a (laughs) as someone who loves football, you know, I think I think these are these are big time guys. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, I think the great illustration that you did, Brian, on your end was just the, the rankings for each of them because right. I just think give us some we're, context. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get down to what we think, right. Uh, what Irish breakdown thinks of these players. Cause you saw a very high variance on a lot of these guys. I mean, what, what was it? Brandon Vernon was 15 by one and 151 one, by another 159. Like, 159. The variance <laughs> is just so much on a couple of these guys this we wanted to present this to you all out there just to see show what we're seeing what kind mm-hmm. of just get a little closer to what the real the happy median is with some mm-hmm.
1: of these guys yeah yeah <clears throat> these ranking variances are <clears throat> insane
2: yep it really is it's um I mean, again, you're trying to find what the truth is then, right? right. Like, I, like, I mean, usually it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? right. Like, usually. Unless but, there's like
1: that one outlier, right? right. Like, right. you know, I mean, like, Drake, couple... like
2: like, Drake Bowen, for instance. Right. He was the great one. Yeah. He was right. like one something by one three, and everybody else had him between 34. Yeah. And well, and like Junior or Two
1: or Alamaca is like between 94 and like 208 from the That's services. Crazy. But then on yeah. three has him as a three star. You know, it's like CJ Williams is like in that top hundred category of a lot of people. It's like in the fifties for rivals. And then on three has him as a three star, like Mm -hmm. 65th best receiver. It's like some of this stuff is just getting a bit absurd. It's like, you're just trying to get attention now. You're just trying to get people talking about your rankings with some absurd ranking, you know, but like
2: just trying to be different. Right.
1: And that's kind of what jacks up the whole. And and like ESPN ranking, Steve Angeli is a top 200 player. Nobody else has them even as a four star. Everybody else has them as a three star. Mm-hmm. He played in their all star game. You know and I mean, so it can make it a little bit hard because the composite used to be a really good tool. It's becoming harder and harder when you have these type of variances. Like, how does one person look at Brandon Vernon as number 15 and another says not even top 150? That's like, a question. I mean, I, I get the key on one four and then the other with the, in the 40s. I mean, I, I can right. I can get that. That's in the same wheelhouse, but. Yep. One kid's 15, and the you know one has him at like 150, like on three with Drake Bowen, like not even in the top 125. When everybody else has him, basically he's a top 50 player. It's like it doesn't make what, sense. Yeah. What are we doing here, folks? What yep. are we doing here? So anyway, we're gonna have to get used to that because it's not gonna get any better. It's not gonna change. <laughs> not. Uh Once it became about, because it used to be about when it was about just subscriptions, mm-hmm. it was about get it right. You know, you know, and that's why I liked rivals when it started. That's why I liked 247 when they first started. But like now it's become so much about you know getting those clicks that it's just it's kind of okay. Is this for clicks or is this your honest opinion of something? So that's That's the interesting thing. So anyway, that's kind of where we are now. I did have a couple things I wanted to respond to. Sure. uh, in the the start here. I, I want to say that we at Irish Breakdown in no way, shape, form, or fashion, condone inappropriate actions. Like Brent Byers running naked in the streets if Dante Moore commits to Notre Dame. I saw that. Just like earlier. Mace A. K., we don't con- we don't condone him headbutting the secretary whenever something good happens to Notre Dame. We do not condone Brent condone Brent Byers running buck naked in the streets if Dante Moore <laughs> <laughs> commits to Notre Dame. And if it happens, I'm not bailing you out, Brent. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to come up with your own bail money. I'm not bailing you out for mm-hmm. your public indecency, but I think we would all be okay with him getting arrested that because it would mean that Dante Moore committed to I just want to make sure that we all understand. We don't condone those activities. Also, real quick, Sid Irish asks, is Chad Bowden a GA or an analyst? Neither. He is a recruiting guy. He deals with recruiting. So he's basically the new Vinny Serato. It basically is who Chad Bowden is. I want to address this because it's about the D-line before we go, Ryan. Okay. God Country Notre Dame Barbecue. First of all, awesome freaking name, by the way. Yeah. Um, he says, I believe that Notre Dame doesn't have a great D-line reputation nationally because we haven't had that guy. The Miles Garrett, Sue Hutchison, Thibodeau, if Foskey doesn't become that guy, Ken Keeley. I- I'm going to somewhat disagree with that. I think, number one, yeah. if you're talking about reputation from a media standpoint, that's fair, but I don't think the media really knows what they're talking about, to be honest with you. In many cases, it's about Other things amongst coaches, amongst recruits, I think Notre Dame does have a strong reputation in the D line, and they have for the last five or six years because of the success they're having. And they're seeing more and more and more because, you know, as I've pointed out in previous shows, five of Notre Dame's defensive linemen, defensive ends from the 2018 team or in the NFL, four of them got drafted, right? And then five defensive linemen from that defense got drafted, and that could upgrade because let's not forget that Kurt Heinish and Myron Tungvalu all and Jason Adam Mule all played on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. So that number's going to – I mean, they're going to have probably seven to eight defensive linemen from that 2018 D-line. And 2019 D-line will be close because they only lost Tillery. Those mm-hmm. I mean, those guys all came back. They got drafted. There's not a lot of teams that can say, our two-deep over a two-year period, all four of our defensive ends in our two-deep got drafted, fifth round or mm-hmm. higher. There's not a lot of people that can say that. And, and I think and that's, that's all, why they get the kids they get.
2: Yeah, and that's only recently too. I mean, even if we're talking like moving back a little bit, you are talking about guys like Stefan Tuitt and uh, Romeo Aquara and Justin Day. Tuck and Derek Landry. Who hey, played, and he had, like, Lewis, Nix. and yeah. look,
1: hey, here's the thing: Cap, if Cap doesn't blow his knee up mm-hmm. in the in the the championship game against against Alabama, he gets drafted yep. higher because what was he a fifth round pick? Something like that, yeah.
2: And then uh, Ian Williams is another one, too, who had a nice yeah. nice slow career there at yeah. San
1: Francisco. Yeah. yeah, and he was another guy. So, I mean, <clears throat> I'm looking at it now. Cap was a six-round pick. Getting picked in a sixth round for a lineman that tore his knee up bad Yeah. in the title game tells me that they – it's like Khalid Kareem. If Khalid, Khalid fell to the fifth round because he had no, no offseason at all because of the shoulder injury. Yep. So, I I mean, they don't have Bama's reputation on D-line, but Notre Dame is respected for what they do in the D-line, which is why they just signed Tyson Ford and Go Goldbeier, which is why they have commitments from Keon Keely and Brennan Vernon. Notre Dame doesn't have two top 50 kids committed in this class if they haven't developed a reputation for producing a lot of NFL guys up front. Now, yeah. if you want to say, okay, it's going to help recruiting if you can produce a first-round guy, agree, mm-hmm. right? And And... You know they've only had one defensive line, go the lineman go in the first round in the last 15 years, and I think that part of that is bad luck. I think it's kind of like you say. Well, Notre Dame has you know hasn't had a first round draft pick a linebacker in the last 10 years. Okay, part of that's bad luck. You know, Jeremiah Wusukor Moa had some health issues that caused people to fall on him. Jalen tears his knee up. Jalen's a top 10 pick if he doesn't hurt his knee. Oh,
2: easy. You know,
1: Manti, the thing with him and the girlfriend and all. I mean, don't think that didn't get him off some boards or at least drop him on some boards. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but num- number two, I mean, you know, so Stefan Tuitt is an example for me. If Stefan doesn't have an injury plague 2013 season, I still think he goes higher, in my mm. opinion. You know what I mean? So, I mean... Yeah. there there's there's been some of that but no you're right they haven't produced a lot of elite miles garrett types but notre dame still has a strong d-line reputation what i would say is instead of saying they don't have a great d-line reputation i would say however in his follow-up his or her follow-up comment says i hope foskey becomes that guy it would really help our recruiting if he went in the top 10 to 15 raise the NFL draft next year i do agree with that for sure i think it makes it easier to get those top players if you can point like safety recruiting has been mostly a mess the last five years, except for one guy, and that's Kyle Hamilton. If you turn him into an NFL player, all of a sudden, oh okay, I can be a top ten NFL draft pick as a safety, Notre Dame, yep. right? And and, and,
2: that, and that is that is on the recruiting trail right now. When I talked to Peyton Bowen, he mentioned Kyle Hanna, yeah. Kyle Hamilton, without me prefacing it at all. Right, uh, Woodyard, the twenty fourteen safety out of St. John Bosco, 2014, What did I say? Twenty fourteen. Oh wow, I'm an idiot. Okay, 2024 <laughs> safety on a state job, Bosco. in there. Mentioned both Kyle Hamilton yeah. and Brandon Joseph.
1: And I think so- the Brandon Joseph one is important because obviously he's going to mention Kyle Hamilton. They're cousins, right? But recognizing like, okay, why is Brandon Joseph, who's already an All American, going to Notre Dame? Right. Clearly because he thinks he can be developed there at Notre Dame. And sure. I think and I think that's where he has a, an, an important thing. And that's why it is so important to get a Keon Keeley on the mm-hmm. campus. You can't lose him to Bama or somebody else. You've got to get that kid because Keon to me is a program changer and program changers are in, happen in two ways. Number one, obviously they're great players, but the other part of program changers is in my opinion, Ryan, is they change the perception of your program. And that's what God country, Notre Dame and barbecue. And I just had to say it again uh, is getting to here is the perception. Boy, you can go there and be a top 10 pick. You don't have to go to Bama anymore to be a top 10 pick. You don't have to go to Ohio State to be a top 10 pick. You can go to Notre Dame and be a top 10 pick and all the things that come with it, right? And I think those are things that, that yeah, when you can produce recruits like that, Ryan, to your point, yeah. you've got kids bringing these kids up to you and you're not even asking them about it. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and as much as I love Elohi Gilman and Jalen Elliott as college players, they're not guys you're like, man, I want to be the next Elohi Gilman. Maybe some should because Alohi was a great leader, I mean all that. But like, let's just be honest: kids define it by were you a top, you know, ten NFL you know, first round draft pick. Sure. And I think that, like, offensive line is a great example. Notre Dame hadn't produced a first round offensive lineman in a while. They ha- they weren't churning out offensive you know, first round picks ever since Joe Moore left. They weren't turning. But then Harry Easton comes, starts churning high picks out year after year, and all of a sudden they're O line you. Right, it's not because they won a Joe Moore Award and would have won one in 2015 if I think the war, I don't think the award existed that year. It was I think 17 was the first year. I think their 2015 O line was the best in the country that year. Sure, it wasn't that that started getting recruits beating down the door. It was Harry Stan can turn me into an NFL player. Mm-hmm. It started with Zach Martin, but also because he coached in the NFL. So I do think there's some merit to that, but I do think Foskey going. It's not just Foskey. It has to be. To really have a long term impact, it has to be multiples.
2: Trends. Yeah. And if trends. you can have,
1: you know, yeah, exactly. And if you can have Tillery as a first round pick in 2019, mm-hmm. then Fosky follows up in 2023, then Keon follows up in 2026. That's assuming that Tyson Ford and Eight and Go don't turn into first round picks or Jason Adamiola next year is a high pick, right? Like, right. that's how you start putting these guys out in the first two, three rounds every year. Yep. That's how it makes it a whole, like Keon Keeley be like, wait a minute, why? Why do I care about going to Bama? Like well, Notre Dame's producing guys like you are. That stuff matters.
2: I think it's a great point too because a couple of the examples like God Country, Notre Dame, Barbecues, and I wanted to say it just one time as well. Um, he, what they A couple of the uh, examples they used was – Feels good I, coming
1: out of the mouth, right? Doesn't it, it does. Right?
2: It, it's so natural. It just it, yeah. it flows very easily. Yeah. But he mentioned Miles Garrett, right? I mean, up until now with the Jimbo era – it's not like Texas A and M was like churning out defensive ends left and right. Like they had Miles Garrett, and then they just kind of hit a slide where it's like,
1: yeah, you had Vaughn, you know, right? You had it, Vaughn, and and then yeah. there was a few years before, between Vaughn and, and Miles,
2: yep. right? And then and then now you you hit a little slide there. Like you guys had you had guys like Daylon Mack, who was like an okay defensive tackle, but like now, okay, now we have Marvin Leal, but that's like several years after that. Talk about Endamic Sue. Who's the Who's the next Nebraska defensive lineman to come out since the comic Sue la- left? Like, there's not that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Hutchinson, like, we'll see what the re- what the long-term outlook of there, but like Kayvon Thibodeau didn't go to Oregon because mm-hmm. there was this long line of great players right. that had gone there. Like Deion Jordan was a bust coming right. out of there. And it's he like- wasn't,
1: yeah, he wasn't even that big of a name. He was like, right. I remember when he got drafted, like, wait a minute, what? They drafted him where? Right. You know, like <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, no, you're you're right. Now, again, does it help? Yeah, it helps. Oh, for sure. 100%
2: helps. But I
1: think that Notre Dame has a good reputation, which is why Keon Keeley is committed to Notre Dame in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's because of the fact that – because here's the selling point Notre Dame has. Hey, I turned this kid, Adi, Adi Tukumba Ogandiji, who was a – we flipped him from Western Michigan, yeah. and he was a – you know, rotation player for multiple years, played two playoff, and he becomes a fifth-round pick, right? Khalid mm-hmm. Cream, you know, top 200 guy, not really a highly ranked guy, fifth-round pick. And that's when, you know, Junak Aguara wasn't even ranked in the top 200, turned him into a third-round pick, right? Yep. Jerry Tillery, we recruited him as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and we turned him in first-round. You know, like, there's that reputation. And then the, the selling point is, imagine what we could do with you. Right? And, and that works. I mean, that, that works on kids. And it's true. And that's the thing, is like, if you can turn Adi Degumba Ogandiji into a fifth-round pick, imagine what you can do with Keon Keely.
2: Well, I was going to say, Keon Keely is more talented than every player that you just named, and they were all drafted, oh, yeah. right? So, like, yeah. imagine
1: what he yeah, could be. Yeah, like, do. significantly more talented than they were yeah. coming out of high school, right? For sure. And, and that's the thing. But you start producing those guys more consistently, yes, it does make recruiting easier. There's no question about it. I've said this for years, Ryan. Kids are looking for reasons to go to Notre Dame. They truly are, which is why every time Notre Dame wins, they all of a sudden start recruiting better. It's not a coincidence. Kids understand, look, they want a lot of kids, a lot of kids that go to Florida State, Bama, Ohio State, they do genuinely care about education. Mm -hmm. But as I've tried to point out to people, if you want to be a physicist, you're going to go to schools that are going to be able to help produce great physicists, right? They have a reputation. Yep. You may care about academics, but if your if you're desire professionally, right? So you go to Harvard or Notre Dame and major in business because you have an objective of what you want to do vocationally when you get out of college, right? Right. Well, last I checked, they don't let you major in football. You have yeah. to play football. So if your goal is to be an NFL player, no matter what you think of education, you're going to go somewhere that's going to turn you into a NFL football player. Sure. That's why kids don't go to, that's why kids that are high academic kids like Kyle Hamilton go to Notre Dame and not Harvard. Kyle's brother went to Penn. Why didn't Kyle go to Night League school? Because he wants to right. play in the NFL. Right. And so to me, kids, there's a lot, not all, there's a lot that don't, but there's also a lot that do. There's thousands of footballers, there's a lot of kids, including top 100 kids that care about academics, <clears throat> but they care about academics, they care about championships, and they care about being drafted. And Marcus Freeman said this exact same thing a year ago to Chris Zorich. He's like, we got to show these kids that we can do all three of those things. Sure. And that's important. And that's why the I think the first two they've done academics and championships they've done, even though they haven't won a championship, they've been in the playoff to the last four years.
4: They mm-hmm. played
1: for Thailand in 2012. Right. And so uh, to me, Kids say you can be the you're not the missing link when you're eight and four every year. They don't buy that. But when you've been in the playoff two last four years and you say, hey, look, we're a a you away, Dante Moore, Keon Keely away from beating those teams, which is true. Right. That sells better. And then of course you start producing the NFL players. I think it matters. But I I think that to your point about the somebody's gotta be the first guy. Oh, right, 100%. somebody's got to get that tradition going, like you talked about. Like, someone so, no needs to
2: step on the moon. Someone needs right. to step on the moon. So
1: right? now, K. Thibodeau does have success, and now that may, you know, if Cristobal was like, if Mario Cristobal was still at 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 uh, Oregon, yeah. Cyrus Moss doesn't commit to Miami; he commits to Oregon, right? Because of that, right? Sure. So, I I think that's the that's the that's the point that you have to have. So, sure. anyway. <sighs> Good show, Ryan. I enjoyed that very much. That awesome. Love yeah. talking ball. So we'll be back tomorrow. I'm I'm hoping to have a special guest with me tomorrow mm. uh, to talk offensive line play. I'm hoping. We'll see. Tried to have him on the show today, and uh, he's got some things going on. So I understand why he had to, to cancel on me, but he gave me plenty of notice, and then it worked out well because I had the doctor's appointment. I was like, let me move that up, and I'm going to be fine. So it worked out really well. Hoping to have him on tomorrow on our twelve thirty show, so we shall see. Ryan knows who it is, so I'm hoping to talk a little Harry He offensive line play tomorrow. So we shall see how that goes. So anyway, everybody, hit the like button before you leave. Subscribe. Let me go ahead and take this down real quick. Like so to say you gotta get rid of the, of the, the banner. There like, it is. subscribe, hit the bell, and share our podcast. If you're listening uh, on a podcast uh, on one of the podcast formats, give us a five star review. Greatly appreciate it. Check out IrishBreakdown breakdown.com. and of course, y'all. Sign up for the message board. If you're not on there, you really are missing out on some great conversation. That's where we put all of our intel. You know, when Ryan gets some scoop from recruits, when he talks to them, we put that on the board. A um, lot going on there. You do not want to miss out. $4.99 a month. That is it. It's not even a Big Mac meal. It's less than a Big Mac meal. $49.99 for the entire year, which means it's even cheaper on a monthly average if you sign up that way. And if you're someone who just isn't really a message board poster, but you want to support us, you can also sign up. You don't have to go on the message board. You can also join the Booster Club. Be part of the Shamrock Gold, Blue or Gold Club uh, and and support us as well. So just go to boards.irishbreakdown.com and you'll see all of our rates and you'll see the way to sign up. Really having a ton of fun. We have added about a thousand subscribers in the last two months. Less than two months. So it's really grown. A lot a ton of great conversation. Really excited about it. And uh, we want to get more of you over there. So Uh, Come check that out. So that is going to be it for tonight's show. The first installment, I cannot wait for next week because I can't wait to start talking about Peyton Bet Bowen and Justin Rhett and Don Schuller and all these guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. So for Ryan Roberts, the director of recruiting at irishbreakdown.com, I'm Brian Driscoll. You all have a great rest of your night. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Thank you for listening to the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
4: MyPatriotSupply.com